Man, Final Fantasy XIII is just so lackluster. Why didn't Square Enix do something more? Huh, it, it's missing something. Uh, can't put my finger on it. Uh, sure, you, you fight a lot and it looks pretty, but but what could what could be added? I've, I've got it. What turned people off was a lack of quick time events. Let's fix that and the sequel will be even better. Exactly, because if there's one thing we know, it's that Shenmue had the best ideas for games we've ever seen! Hey, Paisanos, it's the Backtrack Brothers Super Show! We're the Backtrack Brothers, and old school our games were not like the others. To get all the fame, if your back love's in trouble, you can call us in the double. We're more retro than the others, you'll be hooked on the brothers! You're hooked on the brothers! For a treat, so hang on to your seat. Get ready for adventure from our peaches this week. Up consoles, computers, handhelds, and the others. Listen to our show, you'll be hooked on the brothers. Yeah, yeah. RPG Backtrack, where we talk about computer and console role-playing games from the way back when, right up through yesteryear. Here are your hosts, Phil Willis and Mike Minky. And welcome to RPG Backtrack. This is number 178, Monday the 13th. I am one of two hosts. My name is Phil Willis, and this is my counterpart, Mr. Mike Minky. I am here. Yes, indeed. Not and sure what I'm going to say yet, but I'm here. And there are two of us, and there are two of them. Those two of them are our two guests for tonight. First up is the one, the only. Download him now onto your Apple iPod, Mr. Mike Labs. Oh, I've missed these weird iOS jokes. <laughs> Mr. Mac fanboy. People like iOS. And people don't even call them programs in Windows anymore. I've actually had, like, I work in a hotel. People, you know, we have computers there, and they're like, hey, how do I open up the word app? It's not, it's a program. So now I'm going to make fun of you. And the one, the only, Mr. Alex Kruger. Yeah, it occurs to be the order that we've recorded everything is entirely in keeping with this game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, today. We are talking about sequels, specifically one sequel in particular, specifically a sequel to a Final Fantasy game, specifically Final Fantasy Thirteen. the sequel being Final Fantasy Thirteen Two. Are you guys excited? No. What can I do for you? Oh, wait, wrong, wrong Final Fantasy sequel. <laughs> that is a different Final Fantasy. <laughs> I can't hear you. Although that might be in the game, I haven't gotten that. Far. Yeah, I know. I just, I, I've been, I'm, I'm, I'm playing through it. And I was playing through it and to get ready for the show, and I'm, I'm looking for that music video. I mean, Final Fantasy X 2, It starts off right at the beginning. It's very hip, pumps you up, gets you right to the game. And here instead, I get quick time. But I don't want to spoil anything. Don't want to spoil it. Let's just save it for the main event. Uh, and since we are chopping at the bit to rip into this game. Uh, we're gonna go ahead and just take a tiny break right here, right now, and pray and hope that I don't accidentally insert the soundtrack for Final Fantasy X-2. So we'll be right back. 
Hey, welcome back tonight for the main event. We are tearing into Final Fantasy 13 2 developed by Square Enix, first production department published by Square Enix. This was released on the PlayStation 3, the Xbox 360, later on Microsoft Windows, iOS? Really? An Android? No. Nah, no. not that. Wikipedia. Come on, guys. Stop Stop smoking the peace pipe. Uh, this was released in North America originally on January 31st, 2012. This is a single-player RPG QTE experience. Uh. <laughs> Yay. I, you know, you just, you just know you do the facepalm thing when you stick this game in. And it starts doing the the cool Final Fantasy high resolution, weird creatures flying through the sky. Here comes lightning. I mean, her picture's on the cover. Why not? She goes to fight him, and then suddenly it pops up on the screen. Press X now. Press right now. And you're like, what the fuck? I was really, I really did a double take because I have not really read reviews on this. I had no idea it was coming. And I'm like, is that a quick time event? <laughs> is that serious? It's even better when you're doing it with on the PC because then it doesn't tell you which buttons are on your controller and you're and it's giving you only the con- only the, the keyboard layout. I'm trying to figure out what, what the heck is, it says backspace. What the hell is that on my controller? Oh no! Oh, it's telling me to control the the camera with the two, four, six, and eight keys. Thanks. Just what everybody loves to do with a Final Fantasy game. Use the number pad to play with, play with the camera. We're, we're kind of getting the pink elephant out of the... One of the pink elephants. I think there's a herd. Um, right. You haven't been drinking yet, Phil. I know! This from? game drives you to drink. We're at the quick time... I mean, seriously, the quick time events at the beginning. I'm like, holy hell. I, I just... I did a double take. Um, and... I I think, uh, you know, I, I, I decided to read up on that when I first saw that. Like, am I totally screwing myself over if I don't do these perfectly? And I don't think you, you, you from what I read, I, I don't think you do. But how would you know that? I mean, Final Fantasy, especially if you go to ten two, where missing one little thing would totally prevent you from getting the good ending because you didn't get the 100%. How, you know, just going to put that out there. How would I know? Phil, did are you still angry about that or something? No, not at all bitter. About that, fuck you, Fantasy did too. Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> well, on the plus side, there's no here. good ending. <laughs> what, what was that, Alex? On the no plus side, there's no good ending. Yeah, there's no good ending. The only way to get a good ending is to turn the game off before you start <laughs> there, playing it. There you go. Uh, in September 2014, Square Enix announced that the Final Fantasy 13 series have been wildly successful and has shipped over 11 million copies. So this is probably a podcast of us being wrong and 11 million people being right, right? But we get ahead of ourselves. There was a lot more to Final Fantasy 13 too than quick time events. We normally start off talking about games by talking about their story. Who would like to talk about the very deep plot of Final Fantasy 13 2? And the story of Sarah. My name is Sarah, and this is my story. <laughs> no, you're 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 totally missing that we don't see Sarah first. We see. Well, you see no. light, light. Yeah. No, you see uh, he the guy who looks like Titus with brown hair. Do you see him before you see lightning? 
No, you see him after you see Lightning, but before you see Sarah. Okay, see, so you're going to get me off on a total tangent here. <laughs> okay, would somebody be, be, keep that thought? I want you to put a pin in that because this is a very important point you just made. But first, can we can we talk about the plot? What is the plot? Of okay, okay, thirteen two. Yeah, let me let me lay the plot down for you. Okay, imagine that you know you had just finished finished Final Fantasy thirteen. You remember they had a nice, somewhat happy ending, and then imagine I, I remember it being a very a fairly conclusive ending, as yes. in th- things were wrapped up fairly well. Yes, say what you want about that game, the ending concludes rather nicely, I'd say. And now imagine that a minute after, you know, that ending stops playing, uh, lightning randomly vanishes and people start forgetting she ever existed and um, time paradoxes start happening and um, time itself is falling apart and whatnot. Isn't that called Deus Ex? Machina or something? (laughs) Uh, No, 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 no. Just random plot device? It's called, hey... People wanted this game to be non-linear. How do we do that? Oh, I got a great idea. Time travel. <laughs> yeah. Uh, did it ever? Ex- does it ever explain what the hell is going on? Why is lightning in Valhalla <laughs> with the power uh, to throw people back in time through gates? And what that chaos guy is doing? I gods did it. Yeah, gods did it. Yeah. That, oh, so it's okay. Ba- that is basically the yeah. In some reason, gods did it. Yeah. So that, that is literally a Deus Ex Machina. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, if you think that's bad, just wait till we talk about the ending, which is uh, a whole different level of stupid. <laughs> well, well that sure depends on what... sets up Lightning Returns very nicely, right? Uh, okay. Well, let's, let's settle well, down. End, well, how you feel about the ending depends on how you feel about the game as a whole. If you come it... into the game expecting an utterly hilarious plot and the ending works really well because it's hilarious. That's, that's very true. That's, that's a very good way to look at it. Uh, I mean, it, it, it's impossible, I think, to accurately describe how like absolutely bananas this plot is. Like, just the, you know, it, you let's let's consider Chrono Trigger for a moment, which I think handles time travel. Okay, I, I got to the point where um where we're starting to see Sarah, who last I saw was um still in her stone. Oh, right, time travel. I'm sorry. And she wonders, where did these clothes come from? Because, you know, she she can't be wearing the outfit she had in the first game. Now we've got to put her into whatever the heck she's wearing. It looks like she's about to go mountaineering in the Alps or something. Anyway, that that is as far as I have gotten, where I'm going to guess that Chrono Trigger did it in a neater way. Uh, yes, Chrono Trigger makes time travel make somewhat sense. Whereas this one, there's all sorts of weird paradoxes that happen. Um... I think there's one point. I'm trying to remember this crazy part where you're like in the future talking to Hope in the past about paradoxes forming or something, and it. I think that was the point where I just was ready to eject the disc and throw it in the trash. Yeah, yeah. It was. <laughs> yeah, so you've got the two main characters. So you've got Sarah, who sort of starts off a couple of years after the events of thirteen. But you've got also got Noel Priest, who's basically from the end of time when humanity is just, I think he's sort of like the last remaining human after Cocoon sort of fall, falls to um, falls to Earth for reasons. But he basically gets chosen to go become a time traveler because gods. <laughs> and I think he gets, yeah, yeah, he sort of finds lightning and lightning tells him to go find Sarah. Yeah. And then they go and, off. Well, yeah, time. and bring Sarah to Lightning, which he can't do immediately because reasons. 
Yeah, so time traveling shenanigans. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, then they go to another time. Apparently, find hope who sort of sets out to prevent Coon's destruction, and then stuff happens for. I'm going to say reasons, but I'm not sure there were any reasons. <laughs> no, I can come up with a reason right now because we said so. There, that's the reason. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh... And, and every, everyone is very blasé about time travel, not really considering the consequences. Yeah, because there's never any consequences for mucking around no. different times and doing no. stuff. Yeah, Thirteen Two actually has a really small cast overall. Yeah, so you've got the two main, those two playable characters. You've got Lightning, who appears ridiculously briefly for how much um, she appeared in the marketing for this game. Then you've got the two, well, you've got the antagonist Caius, who Noel knows in the future, and UL, who's sort of a reincarnated spirit sort of person for reasons. But yeah, <laughs> and Caius, Caius is immortal because of reasons as well. <laughs> and that's is Lightning it. also immortal because she was doing battle with Caius in that lovely FMV at the beginning? Lightning is with the outside time for some reason. <laughs> and, and that's kind because, of an overall that, that's kind of an overall theme of this game <laughs> reasons just gonna put that out there reasons yeah but I mean outside that is just a couple of characters who have don't really affect much so you've got Hope who yeah. I think is there just to appear older just like the SARS is in there very briefly and Snow is continuing to be an utter idiot yeah and <laughs> SARS is, is like just there in the DLC right I forget. Yeah, you just appears in the DLC, actually, yeah. And what? Fang and uh, Vanille don't show up at all? or No, they're, 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 uh, well, they might appear as crystals, but that's about I, it. I, yeah, I, I forget. Because they're supposed to be crystals, and then I think... Maybe, I think they might appear at the very end. Yeah, and maybe there's some random alternate timeline you go to where they aren't crystals. I don't know. It was. It's kind of hard to tre- keep track of it all, to be honest. I, I love games that need a flowchart to keep straight. That That's exactly what I want to do when I play a game. Well, I mean, it wouldn't really be a flowchart. It'd be a, uh, you know, a... What, a choose-your-own-adventure-style book? It'd be like a, 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 just a, like a mess on a chalkboard that makes no sense. <laughs> like a bunch of random lines. Maybe some smiley faces or something. I don't know. Okay, so plot, plot, plot. Well, we just said that there are a whole bunch of reasons. Reasons Isn't that for you? Is, is that our, are we done with plot now? They got to find lightning because reasons. Reasons, um, very important. Stop, par- stop paradoxes. Um, hope ends up in the future for some reason. Um, Again, reasons. Reasons, yes. Yeah, there's, there's some immortal person who's deaf annoys. No, there's some reincarnating person who's constant deaf annoys the immortal person. Yes. And then the immortal person goes out to destroy time. That's right, because he's mad that she keeps dying or something. Is that the extent of it? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Destroying time—that is not your—that is not for the faint of heart. That's a very nihilistic goal. <laughs> and I'm sure there's pretty are... much the character. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm I'm sure a character with such a desperate and deep, dark motivation would have incredibly efficient writing to try and convey <laughs> to you <laughs> why. <laughs> He would be so so anti-existence. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Excuse me. Yeah. Okay, I think that's the one thing it did do at some point. 
It did at least convey his reason for killing time. Yeah, was it, was it was it reasons by chance? <laughs> well, no, it was just watching the reincarnated person die again and again. Yeah, because I... as we all know, narcissism is the way of the future. So if you are having a bad time, that outweighs everyone else in space and time. That exactly. Boy. Well, when it's happened because you've been made immortal by God, you can. <laughs> Uh, if God made you immortal, then how can you destroy God? I, oh wait, I'm I'm thinking here. I'm sorry. I think you're thinking way more about this than the uh, writers of this game did. Silly me! I'm trying to apply some modicum of logic to the proceedings. Perhaps come up with a an effective motivation for the antagonist, other than "Dang it, I'm really sick of." having a Groundhog Day scenario that's really depressing, and I'm going to take it out on everything! Am, am I missing anything here? No, that's about the sum of it. Well, if we don't know what he's done the previous time, he probably tried everything else beforehand. <laughs> but that wouldn't make for a very interesting um, <laughs> game if we just watched him continually trying slightly different things until we got bored. No, we yeah. did that with Ephemeral Fantasia, and it didn't work. <laughs> Don't try anyway. to apply this, just sit back and enjoy the hilarity. Yeah. With the best ending ever. <laughs> oh, can we just spoil the ending? Yeah, that's what I'm waiting for now. That's why we're here. That's what we're here oh, for. Yeah. Oh yeah, Sarah dies for reasons. 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 Oh, no, it, well, that's because she has the power to see the future. Oh, that's right. That's why, but that's basically, overusing that power basically causes your life to seep away. Which is, I think, why the reincarnated person kept dying, because they were also a seer. <laughs> but, but, yeah, basically, Seren will end up getting into the area where lightning is and killing Caius, but apparently that was what he wanted you to do all along, because he's got part of the god inside him, and killing him killed the god. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so that's how the god made him immortal, by giving part... No, I'm, I'm, yeah. really too much, I'm sorry. Yeah, and then to break into uh, Lightning Returns, you then like break time or something. Well, yeah, doing that causes chaos to be unleashed. Yeah, and it breaks time. Yep, that. Yeah. I I have no totally no. normal. Sense. <laughs> yeah, no good sense. job breaking it, heroes. <laughs> oh boy, uh, all about reasons. So let's let's go back to that pin for a minute. So this is supposed to be Sarah's story, but right off from the beginning, and unfortunately for as much as the game as I played anyways, it really seemed to be what's-his-buckethead story. Because, I mean, he pops up Noel, or whatever his name is. Uh, what was it, just Noel Christ? What, what was it? Just call him what I do, the, the guy who looks like Titus with brown hair. Yeah, wasn't his name like Noel Christo or something? Like, there's no Noel way that's... Yeah. yeah, Noel Christ, like... That's not too religious or anything. Yeah. But he jumps out of nowhere and he just starts saying, hey, time travel, reasons, come with me, drop everything you know, and let's go find lightning because of reasons. And it doesn't take much to convince her to just leave them all behind and go time hopping with him. And she just kind of follows along the line. Well, her fiance is is bugging off somewhere, so I don't know. Yeah, he's (laughs) bugging off. Why wait for him to come back? Let's just go. Let's just do this. Yeah. He's an idiot. He's an um, idiot, Phil, anyways. I mean, if your fiance was Snow, I think you'd want to just fuck her off. <laughs> just, yeah. Just, oh, what? I might die? Oh, well. It's better than being married to Snow. Um, 
I guess I guess I guess her logic shouldn't shouldn't surprise me given the fact that she was willing to get married to Snow. Um, anywho, but as I went through this story, like anytime there's a decision to be made or there was a big fight, it, more times than not, he was the one who made the decision. He was the one who did the saving. He's the freaking protagonist, not her. I, it just it just seems like she just she was just tagging along for 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 the ride. I just didn't feel like she was really driving it. It's kind of like Final Fantasy uh, X in that regard. You think the main character is Buckethead you start off with, but then you realize, no, nah, it's the pirate guy's story. really is, and the rabbit girl. I'm horrible with names. Anyways, you guys know who I'm talking about. I, I honestly don't even know who you're talking about. <laughs> in Final well, Fantasy X. And the rabbit girl. In Final uh, Fantasy X, there's 12. the, yeah, oh, 12, oh, is it 12? Oh, yeah. yeah. I mix them all up. Final Fantasy Twelve. You know, you start off with the young guy, and you think it's his story. But after you play for a while, you begin to realize it's Balthiers or whatever his name in oh, Rabbit oh, Girl's story. Oh, yeah, 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 okay. yeah, yeah. yeah. This game doesn't even give you that whole ten to twenty hours of first playing through. Is you know him making you think? No, no, no. We start off right off by jump by dropping Noel Cristo into your lap. I mean, he even shows up before I, she does. I mean, in Twelve, I knew like right away it wasn't his story at all. Well, you're smarter than me. I think. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't take much. Um. Anyway. Yeah. It just made me do so many eye eye rolls. <sighs> All right. No one else got that impression, huh? Does everyone else think it's Sarah's protagonist? It's her story. Well, that's sort of dual protagonist. I mean, no sort of introduces mo- mo- most of the plot. Yeah, he so explains I see, everything I too. Argument, but I mean, Sarah's still plays a pretty important role mm. so. I would say the protagonist is the eject button on your <laughs> PS3 or Xbox 360 <laughs> uh, uh, you know later on the, I think the, it, the motivation of your protagonist is very easy to explain <laughs> and, you know it's on this line of jokes the first, I think it was like the second chapter you meet uh, Alyssa She's in. A, she's the academy member who helps you out, and she is a survivor of the purge, which is really the only way to survive this game. Just purge <laughs> your PlayStation. Uh, anyway, oh, I forgot her. She's one of the paradoxes. Ah, uh, the uh, paradox. I mean, it, has, it has a pretty soundtrack while your brain is being destroyed. At least, does anybody remember when Final Fantasy game stories were actually like made sense, and you want to see what was going to happen, and they had satisfying endings? What? I do, I do, because it happened in the previous game. Even though it, obviously there was a lot about that that wasn't poorly explained, it still had a line you could see without digging, you know, too deep in, and you got it. And you probably wanted to see where the characters ended up by the end. And, you know, that was that. Okay, so yeah. somehow this story manages to be worse than the highly criticized Final yes. Fantasy XIII story. So maybe it does something yeah. better. Maybe it does the gameplay better. Who wants to talk about the gameplay? Uh, uh. Here, I will talk about it on PC. It's very simple. I did not turn my settings down to the minimum possible, and thus once the nice, shiny FMV graphics were done and it started going into the in-game engine, I started seeing this wonderful device that is known as Missing Frames, where maybe one or in four of the frames were actually appearing, creating the sensation of an amazing phenomenon known as 
known as stop motion, which is not what you necessarily expect to see in a lovely title with the money of Square Inks behind it. And this lovely thing called stop motion also leads itself to a wonderful thing called slowdown, where I can hear what they're saying 10 or 15 seconds before it actually takes place on the screen, and where I can take it, where I have to mash commands because it's just such a pain to actually try and... Anyway, the lesson here is Square Enix does not know how to port the PC. Well, they were just casting slow spells. That's part of the features of the game. <laughs> yeah, I'll give you a chance to catch yeah. up. I mean, the combat system is pretty much the same as 13, but with the mm. addition of, monst- of monsters in your party. Because yeah. obviously you only have two playable characters, so they need to introduce a third. But you've basically got the same sort of paradigm shift system from 13. So you've basically got, you're controlling one character, though in this game you can actually switch who you're controlling. And the other two are controlled by the AI according to whatever role they have been given. So you have stuff like the commando, who's like a physical attacker, heal and stuff like that. So Yeah, that, that sounds familiar. I remember that from my time at 13. Mike? So, so am I the only one who's still not a... The more I play it, the more I'm still not a huge fan of this system. It just feels like I'm just, you know, I'm just switching between this mode and that. You know, you'll go to your defensive mode, then you might go to healing to heal up, and then you go to the attack mode uh, to wear down his little his little meter. And once his meter breaks, then you go into you the other kick-ass stun. mode. Yeah. You get a stun, and you go into another kick-ass mode. But you got to remember to get into defense mode before he does the big swipe attack or whatever. And, you know, I mean, it's just more about just flipping the modes than actual... Like an RPG, I'm generally trying to make decisions that feel more strategic than... Yeah, it's the issue 13 had that basically tried to make it as flashy as possible, the cost of which is that you don't have as much... You definitely don't have as much control over what you're doing. Really like... They sort of have to telegraph things a bit more like that. And I, I feel like, like... And I guess this kind of goes back to the 13 discussion, since it is so close to 13. But I just... When I play, sat down and played 13 two years later, just to get ready for this show... It just may be kind of long for, like, you know, 12 again, because 12 tried to make everything smoother, and it does, you know, so a lot of that is automated via via the gambits. And so, but you got to use intelligence and strategy and some guessing of what you're about to fight to set up those gambits. And you can jump in. If you need to micromanage something real quick, you can, but you're going to be a lot more efficient if you set up those gambits intelligently. And it feels like that once you get those in a good place... It, it feels like your intelligence is paying off, and that's satis- that's satisfying. Whereas in this game, I just felt like I'm being a little bit more rewarded for my maybe for my reflexes, maybe of switching to that uh, mode really quick, if that. Well, I think it's not necessarily reflex; it's the ability to think quickly on the fly. Not not like twitchy reflex, but recognizing you know what you have to switch to and what the situation is. Uh, as opposed to okay, I need to hit, need to aim here and hit this button really quick. Um, and that was kind of what led me to really enjoy the battle system uh, thirteen. And part of that also was that the balance in thirteen was so finely tuned. Yes, I mean for people that like to super grind and make the game absurdly easy, uh, yeah. it was not for you. But I liked that it prevented you from over-leveling, so everything was kind of at a certain difficulty. Uh, so you couldn't kind of just 
brainlessly bash your way through it, and you had kind of had to think through battles, recognize the situation, and kind of switch around the gambits, not gambits, uh, paradigms, as the situation dictated. And um, this one kind of threw a lot of that away, because the balance is terrible. Yeah, I've, I've seen this on our forums, that apparently, with very little effort, you can just be able to steamroller everything, right? Yeah, the game is just absurdly easy for the most part until the final dungeon. And it, it's kind of it's it's really a shame because they they did add one nice wrinkle to the battle system that I really like and actually kind Please of Please don't say up, the QTEs. No. They <laughs> kind of ended up showing up in uh, Final Fantasy 15 a bit and this is that in addition to like your typical regular damage there's another type of damage that lowers your max HP. So in addition to having to deal with uh, just you know, keeping your characters healed and whatnot, and they, there's also types of attacks that are going to lower your max HP, so you have to keep an eye on that, use special items to get that healed up. So it adds a really interesting wrinkle to combat. The only problem is, uh, for, the most, for most of the game, combat is just way too easy, and it's barely a consideration. Yeah, like... <laughs> Yeah, having the combat easy has sort of made the game more enjoyable to me because I was just sitting back and enjoying the ride. So, not really having to deal with the finely tuned balance, which annoyed me sometimes in thirteen, sort of helped. I can see that. And you get to, to, there, so. you not, get to, not for me. Yeah. You get to catch them all. Yeah. Well, and, and that's another thing. Another problem I have was the whole monster thing. It's an interesting idea, but I think it kind of. It makes the whole idea of you know balancing which paradigms each of the characters have more annoying because instead of having okay I swap in this character that has these paradigms that fits kind of what I want to do you have to okay I need to track down a monster that has this paradigm so then I can kind of fit this scheme that I want to use. How many monsters can you get? Uh, I don't even know. I'm gonna guess that wait. Do, does each monster have its own unique paradigm er- options? It's not unique. I think each monster basically is a paradigm. I think, yeah. there's, I think there's six paradigms. Yeah, so basically you pick like a selection of three, I think. And, you know, when you switch when you switch around your different, you know, selection of three paradigms, it'll actually switch switch the monster up. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure how many were offhand. I'm sure enough that if you are a completionist, then you're going to be at it a while. Yeah. Only if you want In which case, good, more, only more if you want the good you ending. <laughs> we can grow the monsters as well, which gives them a little boost and stuff like that, which you'll need to sort of replace them after a while, because then certain monsters get overtaken quite quickly. Mm. Well, Final oh, Fantasy... Uh, newer Final Fantasy especially are known for their deep leveling systems, right? Did it get deeper here? Did we get more choices in leveling up? Mm, you, uh... have the, you have the Crystarium again, but it's slightly different. I think you get, I think you actually do get a bit more of a choice in how you do it to an extent. I think the order you can do, you get certain things can be adjusted slightly, but... It's mostly the same. Yeah, again, it's very it's similar just, to 13. Yeah. It's mostly like better window dressing, better window dressing than thirteen, I would say. Mm, okay. Yeah, it at least isn't incredibly linear. It's just mostly linear. Yeah, 
Does it take slightly less time to select each individual node and watch the the spinning light go to it? Or is it still taking forever to make every improvement? Well, I think it's similar, but I didn't really have an issue with it in 13. Sort of how long it was just more... It was... You were just pressing the button to do yeah. the same thing every time. So yeah, you, weren't... You, weren't, you weren't selecting anything. It was just doing what the game prescribed you to do. Yeah, and again, I think both of you played it on console instead of the wonderful, wonderful PC rendition that Square Enix foisted on us. Yep. I have played uh, not a lot, but I have played a little bit of the PC version. And why? <laughs> why? Why? <laughs> why? Like, like so much Did you want it? to see if it could get worse? <laughs> Oh, uh, no, I meant... I'm sorry, I meant I played the PC version of 13, not 13. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> no, I would not I, waste I my dollars on that. I would not waste my dollars on that. And uh, you, you're you with me on the 13 PC rendition not being very good, right? Uh, No, actually, it ran okay on my computer. But that's all I can say. <laughs> okay, my computer is a piece of junk, then. <laughs> Even though it handles the Borderlands games fine, I don't get it. Well, I mean, those are. It's, 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 it's all about yeah. the flashy visual effects, so if you don't have good. <laughs> if you're not good in that, then you're going to be in trouble. But I'm cheap, and I've only had this machine it's been less than two and a half years. I'm going to get my money's worth out of it. Anyway, I'm derailing us. Uh, so uh, since uh, maybe the 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 vasty characters are just much more compelling. I mean, after all, they're competing against snow. <laughs> Do we have memorable other characters that we haven't discussed yet? No. No. No, not really. No. <laughs> not really. No. <laughs> no. Yeah, seriously, that's one of the ones I think this is the only one we didn't really discuss, but everything else. Again, it's a very small cast, and yeah, it's not actually as interesting as 13's cast, I think. <laughs> Some, somehow they fail against snow. Uh, well, the, 13 did have Shaz. I, I like Shaz. 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 Even the backstory between Vanille and Fang was interesting enough, so. Yeah. Yeah, why can't they bring some, some of those characters along? Why this could Snaz Snaz could Why joined. couldn't they be the main characters? <laughs> yeah, Snaz was that cool. That's my question. I like Snaz. Uh, Good old okay. Snaz, yeah. I, I mean, guess... you look you look at Ten Two, and you know the logical main characters would be okay. Let's use some people from the first game, and that's what they did, and it made sense. And this did not to me at all. They they chose they chose. The one character that decided to marry Snow. Yes. And Noel Cristo, whatever his name is, who just feels just so wrong to me. Just And, and he starts <laughs> off just by pretty much insulting everybody, too. That's the best part um, in town. And they just suck it up. I thought that one guy was going to punch him, the redhead dude, and he never did, unfortunately. Um, I can hope. I can dream. 
anywho, all right. Well, I guess that brings I, us. I don't to... think there's an. I don't think there's enough punching of snow that can take place. <laughs> no, no, no. I just Certainly thought. Not. I thought Noel Cristo, whatever his name, could be punched a couple of times too, but not as much as snow, of course. I mean, that guy needs to be punched the most. It uh, is worth mentioning how this game avoided the main complaints of Final Fantasy XIII in being too linear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, uh, he's well, right. I heard a lot about that. I mean, a lot of people were impressed that it wasn't as linear. Technically, that's true. Um, but I don't think it made it a better game. No. No, it really didn't. <laughs> no. It, like, it, it did yes. make it more, more interesting to wander around areas, at least, because you had some... Sure. You could make some decisions about where you went rather than having to yeah. advance I mean, down the corridors. I mean, it's like, oh, yay, now it has towns. And it's like, great. The, the towns are all terrible. <laughs> I don't want to spend any time in them. Oh yeah, they're, they're not interesting towns at all. But you're sort no. of at least interacting <laughs> a bit more of the game. Yeah. So okay, I've only gone through that opening battle. How many more QTEs do we get? Do you really want to know? Seems. I like... think you should prepare me, <laughs> because after all, we've seen that Adrian has written the only review of the game on our site, and he gave it three and a half out of five. I know there's five in the bosses, but you don't actually need to yeah. do them to complete the game. That's more for an achievement than anything else. I think the combat system has them sort of scattered around when you do certain things, but I think that's not more that part frequent. of the combat system than anything else. Yeah, it's not that frequent, thankfully. Yeah, and I think even if you do fail them, it just lets you retry or something like that, so... yeah. Yeah, like I said, I thought I read on the internet that it, ultimately they, they're they're not really a big penalty or anything like that not like certain other games um oh but you know and and uh, you know everyone's got a different take i was just one of those guys who was like with 13 being very linear that didn't really bug me as much as it seemed to bug a lot of people uh the first 20 hours or so that felt like you're going down one corridor after the other but i talked about that in 13 where for me it wasn't that big of a deal because i always feel like a lot of jrpgs are pretty linear. They just give you the illusion of choice. But go over there, and those level 50 monsters will remind you very quickly that you should have stayed on the path that they want you to take. Or they simply won't let you get to these other towns until you do X, Y, Z. So you can see them, but you really can't get to them because of walls or whatever, plot devices. I think the issue I had with first scenes in the RT was that it was the way that bits were connected didn't really make any sense you were just sort of going from a location to some completely different location then another completely different location and although they were supposedly next to each other there was no real transition between them yeah yeah. I don't think that helps well and in fact there was all corridors too I mean yeah this one doesn't even bother with the believing they're all connected to each other they are different points in time in completely different locations. So. Well, and it wasn't just point, different points in time. Let's point out something here, unless you guys mentioned it, and I just was maybe not playing Fire Emblem Echoes when you said it. Um, but, <laughs> but, but it's not just different points in times, but correct me if I'm wrong, but I thought part of the plot was it was also, some of those were like different alternative, uh, like universes, like what-ifs. You know? Yes. So, well, that's so, not so you do something in the past that changes what happens in the future. But but like so you like diff- even, so you get a different option. Wasn't it like the first jump or even the second jump? Like they were in a different like in this. Well, actually, I guess it kind of starts off that way. But in this world, this this isn't her necessarily her world. It isn't just you know in Chrono Trigger when they went to the past 
um, that was that was Chrono's past. That was Chrono's world, Chrono's past. Anything you did in his past would affect his present, which would be the future at that point, right? Because it was all just one world, and the things you did in the past would affect the present, the things you did in the present would affect the future. Um, whereas in this one, that's not necessarily the case, because that could be a different... It could be... But these are paradox alternate universe deals where, you know, when you go to the past or you go to the future, it may not necessarily be your past or future, right? Am I wrong? Did I get because the the plot just totally confused me? Well, it, it's well, it's, it confuses a bit because there's nothing really that happens in the past. It's sort of pretty much all the future. Mm-hmm. So that's a bit that's a bit screwy. But I think it's more that this well the weird the weird how how it handles paradoxes is weird. So it's sort of a breaking of the timeline. Which is more what it's doing because the main antagonist is trying to break time, so stuff like that happening is sort of part of his plan, I guess. But I think it's sort of a possible future that happens if you don't change it, this will happen. Yeah. Well, and of course, it, it's I the mean, idea. the whole. So you sort of yeah, you're sort of jumping between potential timelines based on your action in the past. I mean, and the whole story starts off with she remembers, you know, lightning surviving, but lightning. Everyone else thinks lightning didn't survive, right? Well, I think she basically... Yeah, no one else remembers her, basically, so... Yeah, or her marriage to Dum Dum. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's it's just bloody... As if time travel and stuff can't, you know, couldn't get confusing enough on its own. Uh, this just confused me even more. Um, all right. Uh, visuals. Yeah. It's Square Enix Final Fantasy game. Visuals look pretty. Yeah. Pretty colors. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, this is what Square Enix does. It pumps... $30 million into the graphics budget for each one of these, right? Pretty much. Um, if, if I just threw $30 million at something, I guarantee it would look pretty good. Yeah, it looked pretty to me. Uh, music. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. $30 million, that would be in the 90s. Now it's probably more like $100 million. Oh, jeez. Music. Music is very nice. Some pretty unique tracks. Yeah, something, uh, yeah, you've got uh, Hamazoo and I think Suzuka from... 13 returning, but they're also joined by Naoshi Mizuta, who I think is one of the main composers for Final Fantasy XI. And I really liked his addition, because I'm not a huge fan of Hamazu's style. I think it doesn't really resonate with me, but all of Mizuta's stuff I've really enjoyed. It, I think Asian compared it a bit to how Shoji Maguri does the Persona series, in sort of how it works in bringing a lot of vocal themes into the game yeah there's definitely a lot of vocal themes in there all pretty mm-hmm. different too it's not like necessarily one style of vocal themes yeah. it's a lot of different ones I think works within within the soundtrack it's, it is a nice soundtrack to listen to so yeah I, I agree with that I like the I like the music yeah based on what I've heard so far the music is nice it's also worth noting, I think this is this game did get the best collector's edition, but only for Europe. We, Where did you we, get we got the Europe collector's edition? Where did you we, get in it? Uh, we'll do it? It's a very big thing. We got a t-shirt. Oh. Which is actually one of the nicest t-shirts I've seen. It's a really comfortable t-shirt, which is rare for game edition. But we also got a bunch of the usual sort of card art book stuff as well, and things like that. But we also got the complete soundtrack. Uh, no, we got the complete soundtrack too. Yeah, but we got we got the shirt as well, which was the. That's not fair. Not... <laughs> Give me your shirt. Give me your damn shirt. <laughs> it's not fair. Wait, you 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 want a shirt that 
commemorates 13-2? Never mind. Really? I, re I retract my previous <laughs> statement. You want to walk around wearing a shirt that proclaims, yeah, I thought 13-2 was good enough that I want to wear this shirt to tell you about it. <laughs> Touche. I just want to show because it's an incredibly comfy shirt. Hmm. Yeah, you, you can always just put on a coat or something so that nobody sees it. If it's really comfy, then that, that'll do you, I think. Well, so... This is oh, the of course, the voice acting! Oh, yeah, There's voice acting. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, I think, uh, I think it's, Snow... It's hard to I, see how bad the voice acting is and how bad the voicing is. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I think they did the best job they could have done. I think, yeah. Snow, I think Snow really brought it home this time, though. I mean, he really brought on his A-game. Just... I mean, he's he, he is he's done by a really talented voice actor. Is that how many times does he say Sarah this time? Uh, Sarah. Uh, can't keep track of that man. Come on, it's not fair. <laughs> so it, it's another one of those where if you had a drinking game, you would be plunged into blackout unconsciousness real fast. Well, on, on, I mean, he's not in the game a ton. Yeah, only for a brief period of time. Yeah, so only if you happen to be playing the drinking game during one of those sections. Which you well, of could course, be. replace it with the paradox drinking game. So, 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 guys, what if we took a different look at this? Right? I mean, one of the things that makes Chrono Trigger or like a Dragon Quest games one of the things I mention about Dragon Quest games a lot for me, anyways, is that the main plot of Dragon of any particular Dragon Quest game, which just basically boils down to beat the bad guy and save the world, is not really super compelling to me. But I like the individual stories in the individual towns. Do you find as you hop from place to place the stories in each of those areas that you're in is compelling as an isolated episode? Since the, from what I understand and reading some of the history of this idea, that was kind of their original idea was that it was supposed to be more episodic? No. Not really, because nothing really happens to the towns themselves. Yeah. Within each thing, you sort of go back, you do something and then go back to the future and then just everything is drastically different. Hmm. Or just different in or just different in some way. There's no real sort of story behind it. It's just very well, things are different now. Next. Oh boy. There, there isn't any sort of particularly engaging story within each moment. It's sort of it's more vignettes rather than episodes. Mm-hmm. Okay, vignettes. vignettes. That's making Bad me vignettes. think of Dragon Quest. Yeah. Is that a comparison we want to make? No. <laughs> Please no, stop. Yeah. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. But Square Enix is one big company now. Maybe the the Final Fantasy development team was picking up tips from the Enix side about Dragon Quest. I'm I'm, I'm getting a resounding silence here. My cards, I haven't played enough Dragon Quest. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, That's usually how Dragon Quest works, though. Instead of it being about the leads, it's more about the yeah the stories of the towns that they find on the way. Yeah. No, I think this one's this one is more about the leads. The, the towns are sort of just there to be, sort of to give some for the leads to do more than anything else. It's okay, to, so it's to check off. So that Dragon Quest box. was not really. <laughs> but we need towns. Uh, it, may, it may be sort of similar in structure, towns. but sort of how it sort of goes about it is sort of the opposite way around. Yeah. <laughs> um. Okay. Well, this is the part of the show where we mention how much it cost and ask each of you in turn <laughs> is this game worth it uh you can buy this brand new 
off of Amazon for $16.05, which is significantly less than what I paid for it on April 9th, 2012. Uh, we'll start with uh, Mr. Oh, Apps. You, you bought it brand new, Phil? I, no, actually, I want to say, let me see, let me view this order to see how much I paid for it back on April 19th, because I want to say 13 burned me. Um, being that I, I, I really wasn't super happy with 13 and I did buy that one brand new. Uh, and then it plummeted like two months later and I was really kicking myself. Like I should not have bought that full price. I'll never do that with the final fantasy game again. Uh, but I'll take a look at what I paid while Mr. Apps tells us whether he thinks it is totally worth this, uh, this price asking price of $16. Oh no, no. I mean, if you could find it for like a buck, it's probably worth a laugh. It's worth a laugh. I paid. Mm. Uh, but I, paid I mean, tw- yeah, I, I think I can find it for five dollars at a pawn shop. Mm, nah, too much. I mean, there's uh, a, a lot of quality t- old games you can find for five bucks. So, you know, better spending your money elsewhere. Now you're going to bring up the idea that I can just go look on PSN, say, and find, I don't know, a Mega Man X 4 yeah. or an X5 for, yeah. well, $6, but I, I know what I'm getting with Mega Man X 4 and X5. get Chrono Trigger. It's not the best version, but it's still better than this game. By <laughs> leaps leaps and massive bounds. I like what about, Chrono what about Chrono Cross? Yep, absolutely. Okay, yeah, I like Chrono Cross myself. Um... I bought. I paid twenty nine ninety nine. I bought it when it went half price. Hey, when did the game come out, Mike? I know we mentioned it at the beginning of the show. Let me see again. When did it come out? It came out December, January or it came out of... J thirty first. And I bought it April 9th, boys and girls. So what are we talking about there? Uh, February, March, April. So less than three full months, probably two and a half months, and I, it was already down to half price at twenty nine bucks. Well, that was the time when Square Enix was printing about five hundred million copies of everything. Yeah. So they have it basically after a couple of months, pretty much every game that they released went just shot down in price. Yeah. All right. Well, what about you, Mister Alex? Uh, game is uh, around fifteen bucks. Is it worth it? I'd say yes. I mean, yeah. with all we've given to it, the gameplay is still good, and Blech. as long as as long as you're going in <laughs> willing to laugh at the story, you can. It's going to be funny to enjoy. So. And it's it's worth saying it's not one that's going to eat up too much of time as well. I think I finished in about twenty five hours or so. So you don't have to spend forever on it. What if you want a hundred percent it to get the good ending? There's no, there's no good ending. There's no no good ending. (laughs) Okay, the least, the least worst ending. To use use Scott's terminology from Elder Scrolls, it's not the least worst ending. It's sort of there is the sort of official. Final ending, but it's basically an extra cutscene which you can watch on YouTube. You don't need to bother with that. It, so the, the standard ending's fine. <laughs> YouTube has really removed the need to go to extreme lengths and waste hours of your life for that one extra thing to bring you to one hundred percent. And that's a good thing. <clears throat> Ten two. <clears throat> Anyways, um, cool, uh, Mr. Minky. Who <laughs> didn't get it to work really? <laughs> um, based on my forty minutes or so with it, where I probably should have completed it in twenty-five because of how much slowdown was taking place, I can comfortably say that the PC rendition is possibly 
not the best way to experience it. But, you, you know, maybe you've got some amazing rig where all of the problems that I'm having won't occur to you, and then you can probably have the experience Mr. Apps had, which I'm sure will make it so much better without all the slowdown, right? No, remember that was just <laughs> vanilla 13, not 13.2. Yeah, when it comes to thirteen two, Mike, I did a little poking around the interwebs. It's not just you. In fact, if you go to Steam, um, Steve's webpage, uh, the reviews are mixed, and a lot and, and recent reviews are are overwhelmingly negative. There's only seventeen, uh, but uh, but a lot of the negative reviews really do come down to a lot of people having a lot of bugs. Uh, so I guess it depends on your rig. Your mileage is going to vary, but it sounds like a real crapshoot. Yay! I mean, just about so far, I've read five negative reviews, and five of the all five of them have mentioned some major buggy, laggy issue with the game, including crashes. Oh, there's number six. So yeah, it's not just oh, you. Oh, crashes! That's just what I wanted to hear. Yeah, it's not just you. Uh, Phil validated that your system is not a complete pile of dog poo. So considering some of the other things that it does, but all right, that's good to know. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and I would say I would say for fifteen fifteen dollars, um, if if it's just the money, I I think that's probably not a big deal to give it a, give it a shot. Um, if you like, you know, thirteen, it it does a few things a little better, it does a few things a little worse. Um, and I'm sure events. if you wait, it will show up on a on a Steam sale. Is yeah, the question. Dog? I doubt it. No, it's no because Square Enix doesn't I, do I the whole DRM free thing if they can avoid it. I didn't think so. No, but I I will say my Mr. Apps has a point as well. If your constraining factor like myself is more along the lines of time, as Mr. Apps said, there's so many things better you can do with your time. I would I would agree with that sentiment uh, because I my time is very limited, and that's why I haven't really gotten a thirteen two um, because there are better things in my backlog. Calling out to, to me. Skip to lightning returns. Or just skip to yeah. It's at much some more point, interesting. At some point, though, I'm glad to hear. Though I, I mean, I do appreciate Mr. Fuller that you mentioned that your playthrough only took uh, about a couple of dozen hours because I was contemplating with with um, twelve the, the HD remake coming out and the fact that I've never touched ten and ten two whatever high definition remake. Um, I might uh, might do a re you know a run through of the later Final Fantasies. Knowing that it's you know that game doesn't take so long would help me make that decision. So, alrighty, cool beans. So that's all of our opinions. So you're gonna take you're gonna tackle the entire Final Fantasy 13 trilogy. Well, it would be yeah, I would do 10, 10 to 12. Because I when I think about I've played Final Fantasy one through nine, and a lot of those games I've played multiple times. Uh, I will admit to not actually completing um, two or three, nor do I ever intend to. But I've done four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, and the majority of those games I played twice or even three times. So, but when it came to ten, I played through once. Uh, ten two, I played through once. Uh, Twelve, I only got about halfway through. Um, so yeah, I probably need to sit down so what, I can actually about, say I played them all. What about Revenant Wings? Is that the DS which one? Been, which yeah. could have been yeah. called Twelve Two, but wasn't. Yeah, twelve two. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I need to go ahead and knock that guy out too. I, I touched that one for a little bit. Isn't it like the real time strategy weird thing where you're drawing on the screen, moving your troops yeah, around? It's, yeah, it's more RTS than Final Fantasy. Is it? Is it? Is it? Is it fun, Alex? Um, it's decent. I mean, it's not. It's not brilliant, 
but it's, it's decent enough for what I played. So then I probably would do it if it's decent, just to say it I got does it still done. Van Pinello, though. Oh jeez. <laughs> um, I yeah, those are the best characters. Um, yeah, as long as it's not bad, like two or three, I really try to sit through those. But man, they were just so rough. Huh, anywho, cool. Thank you very much, gentlemen. Uh, we're going to take a break, and we'll be back to wrap it up with the final lap. Welcome back. This is the final lap where we read your comments, we do kitchen sinky stuff, and ooh, so much more. And, and we, we also like to do plug out, plug plug outs, shout outs, pluggy shout outs about our website. And we've got a lot of cool things going on, on our website. If you haven't checked it out lately, we've got a special I giveaway. I think you used to use the word term, the, the term pimping. Yeah, let's pimp this. Let's pimp this shiz out. Yeah. We've got. Uh, yeah. Gonna get it into the shizzle, yo. Yeah, yo. I, I witch you. <laughs> See, I I be your homie, dude. We totally don't sound like a couple of white guys. Um, so so we've got a GOG special giveaway, which I'm very excited about because, of course, I love GOG. Good old games, tons of great games with no DRM. So check out that giveaway if you'd like to be on it. Unfortunately. Staff members cannot apply, so no free GOG games for Mike or I. Why'd you have to bring me down like that, Phil? Uh, We've got a new active topical banter. That's one of our sister podcasts out there that you'll want to go and check out. Uh, We've got a review of our light core done by our very own Mr. Mike Minky. I, it's not voice acted. I have no idea how to pronounce it, but maybe it's Aerolite. I really don't know. Hey, it's got, looks like turn-based combat. That must mean it's good. Well, it does have one good thing that I know you will appreciate, Phil, so I'm going to list it right here. Once you, once you put your points into whatever stance it is that you want your characters to do, you can go back and change them. Nice. You are not fixed to that at any point. Woo, five out of five. And the enemy artwork is interesting. Ooh, six out of five. <laughs> Having said those things, um, you know what, Phil? I might just have to send this to you so you can see exactly what I'm talking about. It is a visual depicting exactly what the game did when I think, I'm pretty sure, I landed the final blow against the final boss. Did I get an ending? No, I did not. Ooh. I got an... Please forgive me while I actually search for this thing because I cannot remember where stupid paint saves my pictures. But, of course, that is what I had to use to capture a screen. But, no, I did not get the wonderful, wonderful ending or or the second form of the final boss, which, you know, we get that a lot now. We got, we got it telling me that I had incurred some kind of a bizarre error. Ooh, bug that, at the end. 
that stopped the game entirely. Ooh. I don't know what the ending was. Back down to a five out of five. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. Oh, there. So, there. so. That, sh- that should be it. Oh, and that wasn't the only bug. You know what? You, you know what was best about the Super Nintendo Final Fantasies? All the slowdown you could get. Oh yeah, because that's a feature. Great when, if, when if a boss died, and you remember how it was in those Final Fantasies, the boss would slowly shake apart, and you'd hear that neat sound effect of it of its sprite decaying. So, isn't it better if instead of it doing that immediately? the sound effect and the screen don't necessarily sync so that the mm. sound is over and you're hearing the victory fanfare while the sprite is still decomposing on the screen for a while. Isn't mm-hmm. that great? Oh yeah. That's super awesome. There. You should be able to see my lovely, lovely screen capture of, well, it, it, it said a whole lot, but the cogent point is it wouldn't let me see the game. So, and well, I, and I, and I, there were a couple of times also when I got to experience, uh, you know, something like this. Which of course means nothing if you can't see the picture, but I managed to wander into the space outside of the area. L- look at it, Phil. Does that look like it's part of the game intentionally? Lean for leans. <laughs> While you're looking at that, uh, you know, because I know so many game developers listen to our podcast, um, but I feel like I, I feel like you and I are unofficial experts since we are retro gamers at, at heart. Um, uh, if you're making a retro style SNES and you're calling your thing an SNES era style of, you know, game and whatever have you, um, don't do like super high resolution art, like, you know, <laughs> high res res stuff and, and then use the most generic font that you can possibly find because generic Arial high, high font really takes me out of any sort of retro experience if that's what you're, if that's what you're gunning for. Especially when you just use the most basic, boring ass, lame ass Ariel, you know, font. And 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 looking at this font, I don't know if any of y'all have seen the infamous reviews of that eighteen wheeler trucking game. That Big really rigs. really sucks. Yeah, Big Rigs. <laughs> but on that game too, it was like you know they just used the Ariel font that's default in Windows. Uh, and what's really <laughs> funny is the numbers, of course, don't fit into the boxes and stuff. They just kind of go all over the place because the game's a, a steaming pile of, of shiz. So it's funny that you should mention, you know, errors and the such, because every time I see this boring ass Arial white font used in a game, I immediately, my mind immediately goes to that buggy mess, uh, that truck game. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, just, just going to put that out there, boys and girls. If you're making a retro style art game, just... You know, if you really are lazy, try to find some eight-bit looking font uh, or something. Um, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, RPG Maker comes with it by default, but I'm not super sure. It's been a while since I played with RPG Maker, but yeah, this this I, the, the font here scares me <laughs> as I'm looking at you know, screenshots on our website. Um, and, and it's definitely got Final Fantasy four in mind because. Or at least that's my reckoning because it does that thing where you Carden is your lead and the cast revolves around him. He'll oh I've I've wound up somewhere else. All of my friends are gone. Oh here's this new friend who will join me. That's awesome. Thanks new friend who just joins me because you know God darn it that seems like the thing to do. Yeah yeah that's a... again again though you can always change out their points when somebody new joins you for whatever the heck you want. So. There that, is that. That's just you know getting harder to harder and harder to swallow in the twenty first century. You need to establish a compelling reason why these people are joining the main character and what they're doing. 
which is something that I do appreciate about some of the RPGs I've been playing lately. But uh, yeah, yeah, don't just have them join just because. I mean, think about it. They're not only walking away from their life and picking their bags up and following you to usually the corners of the continent or the earth, but they're also putting themselves repeatedly into harm's way where they could possibly die at any minute. There needs to be a pretty compelling reason to do that because people just don't do that out of the goodness and kindness of their heart. Apparently some people do. They at do. least if we are to believe what games tell us. They do, they do. Um, um, let, let me think. Yeah, the, there are several species in this game. There's an empire. It might have been a kingdom, but it's a bad place. There are several villains. There's one guy who, yeah, he looks kind of creepy, but all he says is our old standby, the ellipses. Until finally he actually says a couple of things after absorbing a couple of other villains near the end. And uh, wow, he he's so insightful when he finally speaks. You cannot stop me. My mast is coming and will destroy the world exactly as I want. And then you can guess what happens after that. It, it involves violence. <laughs> yeah, one of the people who joins you is, uh, I forget what they're called, but they're this kind of bison-y looking humanoids. And they're supposedly, they have good magic. But I, and there's another character who joins you. She's a bird woman warrior thing. And you you hear from all the other bird people that you meet that they don't like humans. They don't, wow, why are we interacting with you? So why did she join you? Uh, because she trusted you. That's pretty much the entire explanation. Wow, thanks. Instant trust? Well, yeah. It, it's it's absolutely worth being made a mockery by your civilization, which doesn't trust humans, because you instinctively do. It, you will definitely not suffer in any way if you do the one, something that no one else in your civilization is doing because as we all know non-conformity is never an issue hmm. Mm. The, the music was alright I guess I don't really remember it actually now that, I, now that I'm thinking on it I do remember the battle theme so there's that and they were and not in a bad way but technical issues the story did not impress me at all some of the writing was actually filled with typos which never impresses me and yeah, the battle system is pretty good, but it's kind of annoying the way it's set up with the encounters. All right, so you don't have random battles strictly when you're in a dungeon. Instead, there will be these purple flames that appear on the screen. And the longer you go without getting into a fight, the more of these things will pop up around the screen and they will chase you once they get close. And this is not the kind of game where you can actually attempt to evade them. You will, you will have to fight pretty soon. So it's kind of annoying instead of thrilling. Well, that's wrong. I, I could talk more about Aralite, Airlight, Aralite. Air, I don't. I don't know how to pronounce it. There's no voice acting to give me a clue. Whatever. Yeah. We. Uh, so that it sounds like a five out of five game all the way around. Your le- your hearing needs to be checked, Phil. But you I got, you you got go a cool combat right system, and that's all you need, really, at the end of the day. What else matters when you have a good combat system? Well, Phil, for that, I suppose we would go have to look at Grandia Extreme. Extreme! Mm-hmm. The best remembered of all the Grandias, because it left the combat system entirely on its own, burying it in boring dungeons that you have to go through multiple times. Yeah, that was unquestionably the highlight of the Grandia series. 
I take it by your full-throated purr that you agree. That's right. The cat just, uh, that's Minu, who insists on snuzzling right up to the microphone while she's purring. Um, so I'm trying to make liberal use of the mute button, but it's not working out very well. <laughs> we do we do have, um, aside from that stellar review of a not-so-stellar game, we do have some other reviews as well. We have one for Torment, Tides of Numenaria, and... Um, Mr. Mr. Scott Wakamater walks you through why he feels that one of the most anticipated games of all time, in case you don't know, this was the spiritual successor to the Stellar Planescape Torment on the PC uh, about, uh, gosh, dang, it's I feel like it's been two decades. Um, but uh, so two decades it's in the making. It's pretty close. It's got to be pretty damn close. Torment yeah. came out in uh, either 98 or 99. Yeah, yeah. So to almost two decades in the making. Torment, Tides of uh, Numeria, uh, Numenaria, Numenera, Numenera. Could, <laughs> could have spent a little bit more time in the oven, according to Scott Walketer. And uh, it's saying something when one of his negative bullet points says, so much reading. Uh, that, that the bar has to be pretty damn high because normally in our RPGs we like a lot of story even if we have to read it all but here they just really get kind of crazy with it yeah and that's saying something because Planescape Torment required you to read a lot but it, in the 21st I, century it would I recall be... Planescape Torment being having a lot of interesting text to read yeah, I, yeah. absolutely though in the 21st century we would really like to see that more and more voice acted too to help draw us in i will say that's one of the shining points of something i'm going to talk about that you're probably going to talk about when we talk about what we're playing right um but uh yeah they they probably could have used uh, some voice uh some voice acting which he also lists as a negative point um and some other more interesting deeper points you'll have to head over to our site to find out what they are We've also got a review up for Co- uh, Cosmic Star Heron by Mr. Michael Baker, which he enjoyed. We also got Tao Hao Double Focus. And if you haven't heard of this game before, neither have I. <laughs> uh, but that is that is also over there. Kind of um, kind of looks like a Castle Metroidvania game with anime characters, if I'm just going by the screenshots. Uh, but you'll want to you'll want to check that out. I remember it being a shorter experience. If you're looking for a short experience, he uh, he kind of liked it. Gave it a three out of five, which we generally give to games we kind of like. Uh, and then we have uh, Shyness, the Lightning Kingdom, reviewed by the guy with the really long name. I I, <laughs> I just uh, boy, if, if you ever want to hear me slaughter a name, uh, this is the guy you want to pick. I believe we just call him Harry in the channel, but his official name is something like Carlompolos Rumpelstiltskin Padapon, I think is his last name. So, yeah, but uh, Shyness, the, the, the Lightning Kingdom, uh, looks like a, 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 it's a fighting, it's a fighting um, RPG, kind of in the vein of, uh, from again, going by the screenshots in foot, I remember reading about this earlier. It's in the, it's in the vein of something like an Okami, at least with the battle system, action pack combat system, uh, with anamorphic characters, anamorphic, animal morphic characters, very colorful, very beautiful. Um, but some drawbacks that kind of keeps it from being super enjoyable. Then we also have, Trails in the Sky 3 by Adrian Den Uden. 
And I'm a little surprised he only gave it a 3.5 out of 5. Because the series, uh, up to this point, as far as I know, has been praised for its stellar quality. I, unfortunately, have not sat down playing Trails games. I really need to. They are good retro-style games that a lot of my friends have talked very positive about, including our very own Max Storm. But uh, and 3.5 is a good score. It just falls short of that super hyped up excellence bar of excellence that I've seen from the other games in the series. Well, Trails Part Three is a different kind of game. It's far more of a dungeon crawler instead of mm, I'm not quite sure how to classify the earlier two, but they were much more plot oriented. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I haven't played it yet, but I bought it. And just so long as you know that going in, that it, that it won't play the same way as the first two did. Yeah, definitely. Or something. it won't be structured the same way. Yeah, set your expectations. Um, yeah, because because uh, I mean, normally the trails in the, the they're not to say they don't have dungeons, but they're more typical JRPG fairs, right? Where there's a lot of town shit chat, and then maybe an overland mode of some sort as you get to choose from which place you want to go to next. I'm guessing is that the departure here is that this one's much more focused into diving into dungeons. Um, from it says, my understanding, it's yeah. not even focused on diving in dungeons. It's you're you're in third, a dungeon for the entirety of the game. Third, uh, yeah, Trails in the Sky's third takes place entirely within the confines of the aforementioned Otherworld and is structured entirely as a dungeon crawler. The world is divided into several planes, which Kevin might uh, must traverse, defeating bosses and saving chap comrades along the way. There are no towns or side quests during the main adventure; just a straight route towards the end. Thankfully, the level design is quite good and includes a number of twists and turns with a lot of treasure to be hunted down. If this sounds somewhat kind of monotonous, the game breaks it up with the inclusion of mysterious doors that can only be opened once certain conditions are met, usually by having the correct characters in the party. Uh, Each of these contains a side story about the various characters throughout the Trails in the Sky series. Some of this serves as a where-they-are-now style epilogue in the events of Second Chapter, while others provide additional story to the series as a whole. Etc. Etc. So very interesting. Yeah, that that is super interesting. Cause I, I, you know, thinking about this, I usually when I when I put games into my backlog, I always you know for RPGs, I'll put type as RPG, and then I have a subtype, and I have JRPG, WRPG, uh, TRPG, SRPG for all the different types of RPGs, and then I got I, one of those types is DRPG, you know, for dungeon crawlers. Um, because uh, we got quite a few of those that are just focused on the dungeon and the surviving experience and the such. But uh, I don't even know. This this kind of, I mean, but your typical JRPG usually has a mix of those overworld elements, visiting cities, talking to townspeople, and going through this this formula that we're all used to. Uh, well, this one doesn't have any of that. This one just shatters them all, and you're kind of unsure whether to, but it is a, ta- the combat system is tactical. So it could be a TRPG or an SRPG. But it's also completely in a dungeon. So maybe it's a DST RPG. Anyways, uh, check it out. For more information, you're going to want to read the review. Uh, get all the juicy details over at rpgamer.com. Speaking of uh, GOG, I'm very excited that they recently released uh, Locke's Quest. This is, uh, you know, I don't remember if we officially covered Locke's Quest on our site because it really, it, I mean, it, it's more of a strategy tower defense game than an RPG, even though there's in town talking like an RPG and, and a few other RPG light elements. And indeed, a GOG puts the RPG tag on it as well as fantasy and strategy. 
I played it on the DS. I really uh, enjoyed it. Uh, it's just a, a uh, you know some base building. You're basically playing a small guy who's a builder, and he has the gift of, of building stuff. And his town's going to be under attack by back. I don't remember the story. The story wasn't that important. What was cool was that you could build up turrets and stuff around your town and hire. I can't remember if I could hire soldiers or not. But you, where you put the walls and where you put your traps and your towers are kind of important. And then as the combat's going on, you go out there in a Zelda-like style and you help fight alongside your turrets to win the day. Um, so that's pretty cool. If for some odd reason you didn't have a DS or didn't experience on the DS, there's now a PC version on GOG. Um, again, that's Locke's Quest. Recently, they also released, speaking of uh, DRPGs, they released uh, Star Crawlers. Which uh, is classified as a sci-fi turn-based RPG. Star Crawlers? Star Crawlers. It's all one word. No space there. Uh, build a crew I... of renegade adventures on the fringes of space, taking jobs from megacorps to hunt bounties, sabotage rivals, and conduct corporate espionage. If you can navigate the intricate politics of wealth and power, you might survive long enough to spin your hard-won credits. And the screenshot looks like... Um, Oh my gosh, name's on the tip of my tongue, but like a Wizardry 8, uh, grid-based, uh, grid-based, a grid-based dungeon crawler, and, and it's really on the super tip of my tongue with the, with the Grim, not Grim, is it called, not Grim, I always keep wanting to say Grim, Grim Legend of Grimrock, Legend of Grimrock, there it is, I knew it had Grim in it, I wanted to say Grim Grimrock, but that's not it, that Legend <laughs> of Grimoire, uh, kind of set the standard of remaking kind of like, uh, the old Eye of the Beholder dungeon crawler, first person perspective, where you'll see a monster in front of you, and you have the portrait of your four characters with their weapons or spell, little icons for weapons or spells, and you kind of click on them, and then they cool down. Um, and if you need to use an item or cast a different spell, you have to go into your inventory screen and do that real quick. Um, but everything's like on a 90 degree angle says you're going through the dungeon, which used to be just a limitation of 3D back in those days. Um, uh, uh, Legend of Grimrock did a really good job of, of hey, you, you know, we're going to bring back the spirit of Eye of the Beholder, but stick you in higher res- – it'll be higher resolution graphics, but you're still stuck at those 90 degree angles. And, and, a, and a good chunk of those – a good chunk of the gameplay in those Eye of the Beholder and Legend of Grimrock is kind of point-and-click adventure. Because as you're going through the dungeons in first-person perspective, you might find a key lying on the ground that may open up a door later on or a door you passed up before. Uh, and resource management is usually an important part of those things. They can be a little tough. So uh, that's what this looks like to me. Just kind of look at the screenshots. It does look like a, a DRPG, what I would classify as a DRPG, a dungeon role-playing game. But it's 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 a little different in that it's got a futuristic uh, setting. Don't know if it's super good or not. It's gotten four out of five stars, uh, which tends to be the middle of the road as far as stars go, um, with 82 uh, votes. If there's any of you who've actually picked up this game and have put some time into it, we would love to hear what you think. You can hit up our thread on our forums at rpgamer.com on our latest show or shoot me off an email. We'll go over our email addresses towards the end. We'd love to hear from you. But yeah, a couple of interesting additions to the GOG library over the last week or two, Mr. Minky. Isn't that usual, though? Doesn't GOG tend to add a whole lot of interesting stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They And, and since... They haven't been quite uh, getting as many old games. They still do pop up some old games from time to time. They've been doing some of those indie games uh, as well. And Locke's Quest, while it is an older game for those of us who owed it on the DS for the PC, it's relatively new. I believe you could also get Locke's Quest on Steam. Not super, super sure about that, but I'm pretty sure you can. 
uh speaking of our forums uh you can leave your comments our last episode Phil, was... you left out a couple of reviews well there was like so many of them we moved on yeah. from reviews a while ago mike we went on the gog how'd you miss that transition Be- because i thought you were going to come back to this i mean sam reviewed dragon quest heroes 2 dragon how far down on the list is that oh my gosh that's reviews. from may 25th that's so long ago uh yeah boy that's right up there in the on the latest reviews page. So Sam reviews Dragon Quest Heroes 2. And and if you're not familiar with Dragon Quest Heroes, these are games that combine the the gameplay of the Dynasty Warriors. What do we call them? Their Musu style or Mousu style? I think it's Musou. Musou. Musou style. I think you're right. Um, I trust your enunciation over my own any day of the week. <laughs> the, uh, you know, by the combines, and, and if for some odd reason you're not familiar with Musou whatever style, that's essentially usually where you're playing like a hero, and there's literally dozens and dozens of of, of uh, grunt soldiers on the field, and, and you go through and you beat them up using combos and as such. Occasionally in the bundles of, of weaklings, there'll be a lieutenant or a captain who who actually presents to you the real challenge even though if you turn your back on those little guys they don't they're not very aggressive but every once in a while one of them will get a lucky swipe at you and do some chip damage it's the captains though that can really or the bosses that can really uh take you down really quickly if you're not paying attention in those games uh there's not a crap ton of challenge it's just really i've always enjoyed those games because they're very therapeutic after a long day and you don't want to think you just want to beat the crap out of a a bunch of things <laughs> and this and, and this style has really seen a surgence or a resurgence or whatever over the last few years as they have just been milking this out to every franchise known to man i swear uh dragon quest just being one of the latest so dragon quest uh heroes 2 is actually the second dragon quest meets uh dynasty warriors game it's called the it's subtitled the twin kings and the prophecies end and according to Sam, uh, it is a solid game that does nothing to improve on its predecessor. Fun hack and slash combat, hilarious and pun-filled localization with great visuals. However, the story plods along. It has too much padding, and it is repetitive. <laughs> so, um, uh, you know, you'll want to check that out. That, of course, uh, instigates some uh, some interesting uh, conversation. Uh, on the forums so I, I haven't got my own opinion on it yet because i've played the first one uh for about maybe a dozen hours um before i got ooh shiny new new persona game or whatever but um uh, generally speaking i personally love these games to death and combining it with dragon quest heroes um makes it super exciting and this one has a little bit of a focus on i know carver's in there i believe he was from dragon quest 6 i remember we saw him in dragon quest i'm pretty sure it, or is it five do you remember which one Carver Carter. was from? The big, the big strong dude. Uh, I see a lot of Dragon Quest. I'm pretty sure he's Dragon Quest six. Six. Okay. Yep. I'm pretty sure you're right. Um, we've got Dragon Quest more four characters, or more of a care, uh, uh, which is my favorite Dragon Quest in there. So if you like, I, I, I suspect that if you're like me, oh my gosh, I love Hyrule Warriors, for example. I mean, and that game is super padded. Like you can just play that game. Uh, until the end of time because they've got so many leveling mechanics in it and there's like two dozen Zelda characters or so 
to level up on tons of maps. Plus, you can level up their gear uh, and all kinds of other shiz. Well, one of the things about these games over the years is they've made them deeper and deeper as far as how you can build up your character's uh, powers. And they, they, they usually have more and more modes to play. Like with Zelda... It has like uh, – you're you're looking at this map that looks very much like the original Legend of Zelda game. And as you move over each square, it will be a different conquest that you have to overcome. And if you do, it opens up more squares as if you were going through the original Legend of Zelda adventure. Um, But uh, uh, each one of these games, I have to say, every time I play another one of these games, it is interesting how they find an interesting way to tie in the story and different gameplay modes so that it feels a little bit fresh and new. Like with Dragon Quest Heroes 1 – it was the ability to recruit like monster tokens or coins or something like that, and then essentially place them down almost as as like defense uh, uh, sentries to help buff up some defenses and things that you need to protect or help get your back when there's big rushes of monsters coming. So very very interesting for me, anyways. I super enjoyed, it. but the, it is one uh, you know like a mini, uh, like for most people, I think it seems to be it's either one of those things you like. Or you don't like Mr. Max Storm and I've talked about this before and he has never really enjoyed games. If I'm not mistaken, it's a while back. So, and let's see, wait a minute. There's this, there's this Caligula effect game, but we might have somebody who actually knows a fair amount about it. Didn't we just talk about that one? Or remember us talking about, Oh no, this is a different one. This is a different one. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I would have remembered you mentioning the, all, all that glorious Caligula action. Caligula. And, I mean, this. so the Caligula effect, uh, this was on the PlayStation uh, Vita and reviewed by Mr. Alex uh, Fuller. It is... Uh, we, we just keep getting these little surprises on the Vita. The Vita doesn't die thanks to the efforts of companies like Atlas USA um, bringing these weird, weird games to the United States um, and the such. Uh, looking at the screenshots... Super looks like a super interesting a deep uh, RPG, but then you read Alex Fuller's review, um, and and it's it's got some some severe issues. Though bright and shiny colors is not one. I mean, oh my gosh, they're so bright and shiny. But that's the Vita for you. It does really great colors. Ooh, pretty. Unfortunately, not pretty enough to give it a good. Gave it a two out of five. I, well, yeah, the things tend tend to look pretty darn good on the Vita. Can't deny that. So you'll want to read his review if you want to be a little disappointed. Not one of the better things to come out on the Vita, unfortunately. Thankfully, there are a ton of good RPGs on the Vita. Um, So, because it is a little import machine. Yeah. Smack was going to see if he could get me Cladden 2 on Vita, but apparently someone is taking him up on the PS4 offer. Oh, Cladoon. You know, I played that first one, and it just, it's kind of a cool premise at first, but it's one of those, is it Atlas or Punichi games or whatever have you, where they just, they throw in a little too much, and it ends up spoiling the soup. So it just ended up like, they didn't hold my attention for too, too long. It's kind of like a, fa- it's supposed to be like a fast, like, dungeon crawly thingy action RPG type of deal. But there's, like, systems within systems within systems that, that supposedly makes it super deep. So, like, a Disgaea game, you want to repeatedly do runs and build up your characters and exploit those systems to make them OP'd. Um, but to me, it was just a, a few too many things going on at once that didn't really seem to click. So, I didn't get too far in Cladoon, the first one. I think it's called This is a Dungeon or This is an RPG. 
It, think, it was called This is an RPG. This is an RPG. So, um, yeah, it, it's just that kind of game that uh, it's almost like they have to tell you it's an RPG. And then you're like, yeah, I'm not so sure about. No, it, it was. It's, it's basically an action RPG, but it just could have been. It just could have been done a little bit better. Well, I looked at Mike App's review of it not long ago. He was not impressed. He gave it a one and a half. Ouch. Yeah, I don't know. Those those games need a little something just to make it kind of click together. That was kind of the the problem with uh, the witches, something or rather that PlayStation Three game they did that came out that was re released on the PlayStation Four. Which PlayStation Four? What the uh, the Vanillaware thing that uh, yeah beat up? Uh, yeah, the Witch of the Hundred Nights. Uh, oh. that was a that was another one where they had like a bunch of a number of systems underneath the hood but it just didn't really super click it didn't feel organic and it just didn't work too well according to the reviews anyways i have you i have to sit down and play through it that's also on the backlog yeah i was thinking of dragon's crown or whatever that yeah that one did different. yeah that one did, did did pretty good i think people enjoyed that one for the most part um but the nis games it's like they're trying to recapture the Disgaea magic and and playing with different things and more times than not they <laughs> you know it's just you know it's it, it just ends up failing because they're reinventing the wheel um but with Disgaea, they've had they've stuck to that formula now for five or six games so it's been refined pretty well when you try to transport that and develop that into like an action rpg so you basically need to reinvent the wheel and start over again um you're going to run into some some hiccups and some balancing issues and and things like that. So they just got to pick something, and kind of stick with it, and just work. You know, fix fix what didn't work and tighten it up, and they might get somewhere with it. But yes, our very Mister Alex Fuller, who reviewed the Caligaluga Caligamanuga effect, had some concerns with it. Isn't that right, Mister Alex? It's not that hard to pronounce. What's that? It's not that. It's not that hard to pronounce. Kamaluga Kamaluga. Yeah, Phil, so, Phil sounds like a bad rash that you have on the inside. Trying to avoid it, it's like a bad. It sounds like a bad rash that you have on the inside of your thigh. <laughs> What's that you got there? Oh, it's just a kalugamuga effect. Just a little rash. It's, it's nothing. It's nothing. Don't just don't pay attention. Itch itch itch. It is actually a psychological term. Ah, see, I knew it was a problem. Yeah, Stockholm Syndrome did not exist when Emperor Caligula reigned, so we had to come up with something different. You mentioned on that review that it also had awful frame rate and responsiveness. How does that happen on the Vita? I don't know, but the developer has previous. In this, because Sword Art Online Hollow Realization runs terribly on the Vita as well. Yeah, probably should have worked that out, guys. Just saying. No reason to have those kind of issues. Uh, actually, the Vita has been known to cause issues for developers going into it there's sort of gotta work them out. Sort of promised, promised stuff work. going to Vita and then realize it's gonna it's not that easy yeah right and and for me especially with an rpg i i'm not the kind of person who gets all stuck up if there's an occasional frame rate drop or whatever down to 10 or 15 it, to me it's not that big of a deal but if it gets to the single digits especially if it's causing you responsiveness issues and just walking around which doesn't really require lightning reflexes or anything. That that's that's a problem. Uh, okay, so check out Mr. Fuller's review of the Kaligaluga effect over at rpgamer.com. I love how you were able to pronounce it a different way each time, Phil. Can you keep that going? 
Yeah. Check it out. The castration effect. Totally. At rpgamer.com. Uh, oh my! That's uh, that that took it in a actually fairly applicable direction for this emperor's yay. name. <laughs> uh, so our last episode was RPG Backtrack number one seventy seven, Rim of the Sky, where we were talking about Elder Scroll games. Game? weren't we talking about Elder Scroll games? Yeah, we oh, were talking about specifically number five, five Skyrim. Skyrim. And uh, uh, Shay Shayman says, "Thank you for having a 104.5 minute conversation about the big Switch game for the fall without mentioning bow fire projectiles being shot into the patella tendon." <laughs> it's actually pretty damn funny. And I guess we should have mentioned that. Should I have known this particular meme? Yeah, did, did you know it? The arrow to the the arrow to the knee joke that the game made famous, and I thought we did do like a reference to it at some point, uh, but it's very it's very popular in nerd culture now. Um, Scott says backtrack games only goes on the record list if the associated memes are dead. Uh, Boudet says I prefer Skyrim over Oblivion but a lot of what used to be interesting about Elder Scrolls can be found in a lot of new games having a large world with a lot of people to talk to isn't a unique as unique a feature as it once was which which is which is absolutely positively true I mean when Scott when Skyrim or Elder Scrolls 6 comes out they really do have to take into consideration that they are just building on previous Elder Scroll games or that legacy. But now they're playing in the realm of games like Witcher 3 and Mass Effect and the such that have also done big open worldy, maybe Mass Effect example, but big open worldy type of games. Fallout you know, 3 and 4 and the such. Their own their creation, I believe. Uh, or did I get them all mixed up again? I, I, I haven't played Dragon Age Inquisition, but I'm given to understand it might have that. Yeah, yeah. Inquisition. So. Anyways, thank you so much for your comments. You too can leave your comments over to forums.rpgamer.com or you can shoot us off emails. Let's do that round tabley thing. That 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 part where we just talk about what we're playing, what we're doing, what we're thinking, what we're reviewing, what we're doing for the site, that sort of thing. <laughs> we'll move that spotlight first over to Mr. Alex Fuller. Okay, well we'll see what happens because Scott might have decided to update itself right now. But uh, Scott. I think I thought to shut. <laughs> I think I told it to stop it. Anyway, so yeah, apart from the Caligula effects I reviewed last week, I think it was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I finished off Persona 5, finally. Oh, wow. Yeah. I think I saw yeah. on the, that your final time was 122 hours. Yeah, wow. I think that's, well, I think that's at least 10 to 15 hours longer than it needed to be. Wow. Well, my time, my time was longer than it should have been just because of the way I played it. I was faffing around a lot and not doing stuff. Which I frequently do. I need to talk to all the NPCs and see if they changed slightly the text that they have. But yeah, that's that's a really great game. So unfortunately, it's sort of the only major one that I've been able to play this year, apart from Mass Effect Andromeda. So I don't have quite a good view on whether it's the best or not, but definitely right up there. What Andromeda yeah. or or Persona Five? Oh, uh, Persona Five, the best one out there. Yeah, yeah. I, def- I-, I definitely enjoyed Andromeda. Though. I seem to be one of the Few people who actually really like that one. So, Andromeda, I've heard, I've heard some, uh, you know, cabbage patch doll faces with wide eyes aside. Um, uh, those those screenshots really creep me out. Uh, I've heard a lot of good things of, of, about the game. I mean, yeah, it's, I've, I've I've obviously have heard 
the 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 major drawbacks, especially in the graphics department. Some compunctures about uh, maybe the the story and the such. Just a few, nothing you know, not not like a major outcry. Um, but I've also heard a lot of good things about it. If you just accept the game on its own, you know, terms, you know. I mean, wait, that's what I, that's just what I've just heard from friends and the such. Yeah, it sort of depends on what you're expecting going into it. I mean, I like that Mass Effect, that Mass Effect sort of brought back the sort of exploration aspects from the first game. It's not just a bunch of corridors you're just running and shooting in. You're actually running around deciding what to do, so. Yeah, it kind of gives it more of a Star Trek field, right? Like, go yeah. out and explore rather than just you're the epic savior of the universe, uh, go to this planet and save us now type of thing. Yeah, but it does do a really good job of sort of making you feel like you're having an impact on all the places you go to, so it's definitely something to do better than the last couple of games. Sweet. And uh, aside from that, it's going to be the game that you have even more trouble pronouncing than the Caligula effect, <laughs> which is, it's uh, where rumor and a mask of deception Go ahead, Phil. I'm waiting to hear how you pronounce this one. Uh, the uh, the Ooga Boonga Mask of Deception. That's not even close. There's no G's in that. I thought there was a G in it. Oh, I guess there isn't. It looks like uh, it looks like uh, some sort of um, some wares. You know, like that's like uh, because it's got wear in the middle. Uto wares rumor no. It, it it looks like something you shouldn't download on your computer, or it's gonna. You know, put a virus on there. Don't download Udawares, because Udawares <laughs> will just totally... They'll just really F up your computer. Yeah. Well, okay, he, he does have a point where. there. Yeah, it just looks like Udawares Mono. So that's that's how we should pronounce that game. Udawares Mono, Mask of Deception. And I mean, this game must be absolutely mind-blasting, because it has already has a sequel that's on its way, right? Isn't it the oh. Mask of Deception and the Mask of Truth, or are they just like two halves of the whole, or what's the setup there? Oh, I'm not certain. I need to put a plate through just to see how the story works. I suspect there's sort of two parts of a whole, really. So, ah, uh, so uh, kind of like, uh, kind of like the Fire Emblem uh, Conquest and Birthright, which which is not a great really. way I to think, make. I think I think it's sort of one directly after the other, but they combine to make one story. So, so it's like Voltron. <laughs> it's just a way to get them to pay. I swear, it's a way to get them to pay. You get you to pay twice for something that probably could have been one game. Um, I don't think this needed to be one game. It would have been far too long. Far too long? Yeah, it's, it is pretty much a visual novel first and foremost. Uh, and I think it's going to be around 50 hours in the first place. You don't ooh. want a 100-hour visual novel. I do, do want a 100-hour visual because basically I, that's like getting that, sec, that second half for free if it was all in one cartridge as opposed to paying for another $40 cartridge. But hey, is it fun? That's what's important. Did, did you think it was fun? Because it does look oh. interesting being a combination of a visual novel with tactical RPG mechanics, which is reminds me of, oh my gosh, I, this is like trivia day of trying to make me remember all these games, um, the romancy, I'll look it up. But anyways, that sounds very interesting. Is it fun? Uh, it, depends on if you like, it depends on what sort of visual novels you like. At the moment, it's spending a lot of time faffing around doing some of the more annoying things visual novels can do where it just gets stuck in really lengthy event scenes in the 12 hours i've played i think i've had about four story battles so far so it's very heavily geared towards being visual novel rather than a tactical rpg and how long do the battles tend to take at the moment they've been 
really short because it's obviously the early battles, so there's no difficulty ramp up or anything like that. There's not all the characters I've had yet. I think the game's sort of in the process of trying to introduce as many of them as possible, which might be why it's taking so long to actually get anywhere. The one, the game I sort of compare it to is Tears to Tiara 2, which is the sort of one also done by the developer, but that one had that sort of flowed a bit better, and I think had more battles at the start. So we'll see. As I recall, didn't you and Mr. Apps both review that, and he was most assuredly not impressed by Tears to Tiara 2's ooh, structure? Ooh. Sakura Wars. Yeah. Sakura Wars. So long, my love. That's the game I'm thinking of. <laughs> Tactical RPG with dating. It's dating. It says dating sim elements, but I remember a lot of kind of like visual, visual novel elements yeah, more that's, so that's kind than, of fair. than the dating sim stuff yeah, in that game. But... You played Sakura Wars, didn't you, Mike? Yes, I did. Yeah, I didn't. Have, it had visual I... novel stuff, right? Am I not just making this up? Am I? No, that fits. Just the the whole needing to make your decision in a certain amount of time aspect. That's that's not standard for visual novels, yeah, but otherwise. Yes. Yeah. yeah there's also there's not actually any choices as well in this game. Mm. Ooh, that, that, is, that is definitely visual novel. Yeah. Well, it depends. You get you get some that are sort of just flat out stories, some that do have lots of choice matters and how they hand them differently, like Steins Gate has a interesting sort of phone mechanic instead of making choices, so but yeah, lots of text. Cool. Are you gonna play that game all the way through for review? That's the plan. Cool. Look forward to seeing that. If you were uh, able to take Caligula, I think you could take it to Utaro Ero Mono. Well, Caligula was at least easy and fairly short. Sweet. Fair enough. And anything else you would like to share with us, Mr. Alex? No, I think that's good for now. Alrighty. Mr. Apps, you hanging out there in the shadows? Shh. Shh. He's hunting wabbits. Uh... Mr. Apps, are you doing anything fun, new, and exciting that you would like to share with our audience? Sure. Uh, so I had planned on writing a review for Hasman Heroes weeks ago, and uh, it hasn't happened yet. So uh, I've been playing some more of that, and eventually we'll get a review up for that, uh, which will be mixed, to say the least. Uh, I'm also still playing through uh, Tweakadin, Tokadin, Tweak. However you pronounce it, too. Tolkien? Tolkien. I think that's uh, it. Toka do he didn't. Toka do he didn't. See, I just had it just no, a second it is ago. Not, it, I don't think there are any tacos in the game, but perhaps I'm wrong. <laughs> uh, but yeah, needless to say, that game it has uh, bored me a lot. So hopefully <laughs> I, I actually managed to finish it and get a review up for that sometime in the near future. Anything? And what else, Mister Apps? Because like we just got through talking about all these wonderful three out of five games that seem to be popping up on our site lately. Do you have something hey, like fun? Cthulhu ex- effect was two out of five. <laughs> yeah, that I well, told uh, you that was Cthulhu effect. Cthulhu. It's well, like mean, a after, female Cthulhu. After that wave of five <laughs> out of fives, I mean, it's going to be hard to find anything that seems you know quite that good. Hey, it's not coming out till later this year, but I have. Good hopes for Ease 8. Yeah, me too. That's true. I forgot about that. Uh, but I am revisiting my arch enemy, Disgaea 5, and, and I am determined to make peace with it. It's Disgaea! It's, it's, it's got to be a good game. It's Disgaea! 
Well, I mean, it's on the Nintendo Switch now, so that makes it easier to play, at least. There you go. Anything else? That's about it. Other than lots and lots and lots and lots of Hearthstone. Oh, jeez. <sighs> All right. So, <laughs> they really need to add, like, a deep single-player or just no, some other don't. mode to that other than just fighting the same people over and over again. Magic the Gathering did this in 1998. I agree. They need to add another constructed format. Or some... And I don't know. It just doesn't... You know, just... they can... They can just, you know, they have that single player button, you know, that solo button. They can just remove that and make that another, you know, constructed I, yeah, format. Like, like, I, lo- I, I, I you hear that Magic the Gathering in Windows 98, <laughs> way back in the day, had this awesome single player RPG mode. You could play, of course, with other people and stuff like that. That was always a thing. They even had open sealed deck tournament modes. That was pretty cool because it would show you ripping open the decks and then, you know, picking out which decks you wanted to play off with against other people. So that was pretty neat. But somehow, even back with the limitations of 1998, uh, they had a really cool single-player RPG mode where you'd be a character and you picked your, for one of your five elements. You start off with a very basic deck. And as you walked in the overworld and you fought, fought into monsters, if you beat them in a card game, of course, you would get, you know, one, two, or three other cards or whatever. You could sell your dupes or the cards you didn't like to get the cards that you did like and in the stores – Eventually making your way to the dungeons of the elemental evil dudes. Of course, there's five of them, and you need to conquer all five before the major dungeon would open up. And and, and you, you could gain – I remember you were getting health points. I don't know if that was just through experience points or what – but there, so there was, but there was a JRPG sense of aggression, if, if nothing else, because you were always making, you know, as you were beating up monsters, you were working on your decks, and you would, you would want to make different decks because the different dungeons were, were definitely themed on, after, you know, those elements. So walking around with your red deck may not work super well in the blue dungeon, um, the water dungeon, and, and, and they did that. I mean, they probably had like two guys working on it back in the day, and they did that, and and Blizzard with all of its people, OMG, I would pay so much money. If there was something more than just facing off at other people over and over again, do it, Blizzard. Do it. Nah, I don't, don't listen to Phil. But but hey, that's what I have StarCraft for, where they keep coming up with cool new modes, like the, the co-op mode that they keep adding new maps and, and commanders for. So awesome. So good. I yeah, I mean, that's, that, that's cool, but the, the, the whole joy, at least for me, of a card game is playing against other people, making new decks, and it's... Playing, playing limited... It's absolutely uh, I, the joy of StarCraft. I mean, I have, it's... I have found the AI absurdly lacking. Yeah, well, they can work on that, too. But they... Yeah, they, they it's that's, never going to be good enough. In StarCraft, well, of course, it's not going to be ever good enough for experts. But, I mean, in StarCraft, of course, you're always going to get a better experience when you play against other people if you're really good. But that's where that's where they kind of broke the mode with the co-op mode and saying, instead of just putting two players against two AI, we're putting you into the tough single-player things that are spruced up specifically for the two people we're giving you cool powers that you level up so we're putting some rp like it's just like all of that creativity they put into that mode while so still need- keeping the pvp in there and balancing you still got ladder and you still got championship you know championship leagues and all this other stuff they they're continuing to focus on the pvp but but that's cool why can't they do- well it's my maybe they can rant. bring uh two-headed giant mode to hearthstone sort of like there you magic go. s there you go uh, anywho, we digress. What else, <laughs> Mr. Apps? That's about it. Uh, Mr. Minky? Mm, Max sent me this thing called Fire Emblem Echoes. I've been playing it a lot. I'll I'll probably have a review for it up 
uh, by the time we record another show, but I shouldn't swear to that because I'm not sure we're doing the next recording. And because this whole structure of the game makes it very easy for me to just try and sit there and get my people ready for promotion instead of... Eh, I'll Fire just tell you right now. It's a, very, it's a very different kind of game for the series. It's a five out of five. Do it now. Boom. Done. Because I'm playing um, it too. So good. I can I can tell you right now, Phil, that it will not be a five out of five. Come on, five out of five, do it. Ooh. I'm not saying I dislike it, but some of the some of the stuff in here is just plain cheap, like those swamps that hurt you, but they don't hurt the enemies when they walk onto the swamps. Ooh. That's that's called an, an, an environmental advantage for the bad guy because they all have swamp boots and you don't. No, I haven't got or to the. Are the <laughs> stupid witches that can warp in and just go after anyone? kind of throwing out whatever strategy you might have in place because, oh, they'll just go here and attack that person who can't take the, a double hit, and bam, that guy's dead for the fight. Oh, wow, uh, thanks. That's one, of my, that's one of my pet peeves. I haven't gotten to that part of the game yet. Uh, you will. <laughs> I will, and then I'll be swearing. It, as, yeah, as, if you haven't gotten there, then you haven't seen the swamps yet either. No, I haven't seen the swamps yet. This, the, 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 as long as it's explained a little bit, I don't... I, generally speaking, in tactical games, don't mind if the enemy has an elemental advantage over you. I do that in D&D all the time. Um, you're fighting a green dragon who can, you know, who lives and breathes and swims through swamps as if they're air. But, you, of course, your crew is not, so that's that gives them an advantage. But it's another thing when they just teleport in and there's, like, no strategy. There's no way to prepare for that. That was kind of my beef with Valkyria Chronicles, right? It, the, the only reason why the later battles were tougher was because... Enemies will pop in all of a sudden. They pop up behind you, or they would have mechanics that simply weren't explained um, at all. And it's supposed to be a strategy game, but in order for a game to be strategic or tactical, you kind of need to know what the rules are. Um, well, here's how these witches work, Phil. Once you see mm-hmm. them, you will look at the you will look at the characters. They will be witches. They will have this ability called teleportation. That means that whenever the AI chooses, it can teleport that witch anywhere on the map and still have it act. Hmm. Oh, wow. So it doesn't take their turn to teleport. Nope. Nice. They can pop up right behind you and go for exactly the character that is not ready to take a, a double magic attack and have to take it. Does Isn't it have a limited awesome? Does it have a limited range? Nope. They can oh, teleport nice. anywhere on the map. Oh, that that's special. That's super special. Are they so, super yes, squishy? So, mm, they're, they're standard mages, so if you can get to them, then yeah, they'll die. But they'll often start at the other end of the map where you just can't reach them by the end of the first turn. And they can do it on the first turn. And mm. uh, let me guess, they have ranged attacks, so... They're, they're mages, yes. They have they... standard magic attacks. You know how magic works in Fire Emblem. Lots of yeah. people, lots of physical people can't take magic. They have no resistance. That's cute. Isn't it? Yeah. Um... I'm guessing that they, that they stuck a little too close to the... Um... To the to the NES version on that, I'm gonna I'm guess that's a remnant of the old days. I think it is. Doesn't excuse it, however. There's no reason why they couldn't have worked out and smoothed some of that out for the remake. Well, yeah, you're just gonna have to deal, and you're gonna have to be prepared for some of the some of the bosses and later enemies will seem somewhat strong compared to you. And this game, this one has a different speed system than all the other Fire Emblems, where it's not a simple amount over or under. If you if you do not have equal speed with your enemy, then somebody's getting a double attack. You're, and lots of enemies. I don't know. It's 
Yeah, because isn't it usually a variance of five? Usually we yeah. give you a double attack. Well, here it's a variance of one. A variance of one. Oh! So you're going to get doubled more often. Unless you're lucky. Would it, would it help to grind up a bunch? It would help. But the enemies in the dungeons, which I'm sure you've been experiencing a little by now, they tend not to give you much experience, so you're going to be at it a little while. Well, well, Mike, that's where the DLC comes in. Have you heard about the DLC for this yet? I've heard of it. <laughs> what you got for me, Bill? Well, let me tell you, boys and girls. So I've been playing this game. I've been playing this game too, but unfortunately, I'm nowhere near the swamps. I don't think I've uh, been enjoying it so far. And I really like the the last Fire Emblem game on a 3DS. So when they announced DLC, uh, I'm like, let me go check that out. Uh, well, so they've got a season pass for that. Basically, will have there's five little packs of DLC that are coming out over the next uh, month or so. And this the season pass is only forty five dollars, uh, which is hilarious because the game itself is only forty bucks. And in fact, I probably paid less than that because I'm an Amazon Prime member and probably got a discount. So it's well, really Amazon funny. Prime can't get you a deal on the DLC. No, can't you get? So there is an uproar uh, on the internet about the DLC pricing scheme and how totally whacked it is. And then and then they're releasing it right after on the first week or so. Um, uh, and and it's like, you know, when you're releasing map packs and such after the first week, you kind of feel like you could have included that in the game, you know? So there's there's out- outrage over that. Looking at the DLC content, uh, like the first week, which is like 12 bucks if you buy it separately, but the first week has a, a, a dungeon that you can that you can grind for money and XP and that and a couple of extra maps. And that's kind of like the big selling point. And then the second one has like a harder dungeon for when you get to higher levels. That the lower dungeon won't be able to really help you at that point. So it almost seems like you're almost paying to to kind of be able to win. So that, yeah. Their DLC practices might be getting a little out of hand at this point. It's not until like the fourth pack that you actually get some story content um, for what you're paying for. So if you want to know more, we'll spin all podcast on this. But if you want to know more, just Google up. Uh, Fire Emblem Echoes DLC shenanigans. <laughs> so why, why not just not buy it? Yeah, you can always just not buy it, but uh, if you're somebody that that either doesn't figure all this out and read everything carefully, you just went out and you bought it because it's Fire Emblem. And Fire Emblem Birthright and Conquest had DLC, but for the most part, it was like I bought, let's see, I bought Birthright and then I took Conquest as DLC. But that added, I mean, that added a whole nother game, practically, right? Um, and that unlocked the third campaign. So that was huge. That was massive. That that was 40 bucks, but it was a whole nother experience. If you're just going into Echoes thinking, and you don't do your research, and you're just like, oh, season pass? Uh, must be, you know, as cool as the 45 bucks I paid for Fire Emblem Birthright or whatever. Yeah, you're in for a rude awakening. <laughs> Get it, awakening. <laughs> Fire Emblem. Ah! Um, <laughs> So pay attention, number one, do your research, number one. But number two, yeah, if you're like me and you have limited time, but grinding becomes more and more of a necessary part of this game later on because it is based off of a NES classic that would, you know, NES, of course, known for lots of grinding in its RPGs. Well, um, let's, let's say it this way. The original Fire Emblem 2 would have fit in right alongside Zelda 2 or Super Mario 2 or Castlevania 2, all those NES sequels that were distinctively different from the original and most of them people don't think back on as fondly but Zelda, Zelda 2 is terrible 
No, it's not. It's just <laughs> different. It's cute. Name me another Fire Emblem game where you look around environments and pick stuff up and you have exactly one thing in each character's inventory that doesn't break. Yeah, that, it definitely does some things different. Yeah. Well, the inventory system doesn't doesn't quite bother me. I kind of like the fact that my stupid stuff isn't breaking all the time. Well, but here. Th- no, this means that if you... If you're a mage, you may, you may know multiple spells, but you will always use fire when you're getting attacked. Uh-huh. Uh, also, what, you, if you have well, somebody who knows, who has a couple of weapons that they know, you can only choose one of them. Uh, well, I don't know how this works, honestly. There's a guy who, kn- who knows the sword, and he knows a bow now, so I guess he has a better sword, but he also can use the bow. So, I don't get how it works. So be, to be clear, what we're talking about is with, with Fire Emblem Echoes, your characters, rather than just kind of learning skills as they level up, I think is the way it worked in, in the last Fire Emblem game. They're and this one, the they're tied to the weapons. It's like Final Fantasy IX, I think. So you, the more you use a weapon, eventually you fill up the experience bar and you learn the skill off the weapon. But you're right, I never even thought of it that way. If your wizard knows multiple spells, he's but he's just going to respond with fire when he's attacked as his counterattack because there's nowhere... I, I didn't see anywhere where you could really set that to something different. No, you can't. Hmm. Interesting. Rather. So, I'm sure we'll be talking more about that down the road. Fire Emblem Echoes, but it's kind of a remake of a very old uh, NES game. That never came out in English, so I think we'd definitely go for this version because just oh, yeah. look back at those lovely clunky NES menus. Oh, yeah. Say, no, I don't want to deal with that. Go back and just watch. A, there, there are people, of course, who were doing Let's Plays of the NES, because there is a translated version on the net of the ROM, and uh, I watched a couple of those, and not only, yeah, those awful, gosh-awful menus and gosh-awful pixelated graphics, but the speed. It's, like, super slow. <laughs> so, uh, those games were meant to take up your time, and not because they were super deep. And yes, you were expected to grind in that one because you Yeah. Yeah, you could you can go get kill things for several experience each time. Uh, this is not the Fire Emblem Echoes cast. Not right now. No. I'm sure we'll have like a full show on it uh two years from now. <laughs> yeah. uh, we'll have a full show on the three D S Fire Emblem, I think. Yeah. But it's definitely kinda cool to talk about on our show. It it is proper because it is a a a a what is it? A, not a port, but a, uh, what am I? What's the word a I'm re- looking for? A remake. A remake of a very, very old, <laughs> and it does does do a number of things to stay true to that old formula, including swamps and witches. <laughs> Sticks a little too close to the formula at times. I mean, the best remakes are the ones that you know keep it true to the original, but iron out those things that really held it back. Do you, do you like Oath the Fogana? What was that, Mike? Oath and Fogana. Yeah, there, you, there you go. You know, I don't hate the original Ease 3 because I played the Genesis version and not the horrible one on Super Nintendo, but yeah, Oath and Felgana, definite improvement. <laughs> That's the only major game I've been playing. I mean, I'm working up a review for Ease Memories of Celsetta. That'll probably be going up pretty soon. I've been on a reviewing binge lately. But, all right, Mr. Apps, I'm assuming so, you've seen Guardians Volume 2. Of course. Can you explain to me why Papa Was a Rolling Stone did not play in the movie? Mm. 70s tune, mm-hmm. absolutely applicable to what's going on, good song, and yet not in there. I think someone just dropped the ball. 
because uh, other than that, the music selection was fantastic. Uh, but that that yeah, that is a notable exclusion that would have been like the cherry on top. Yeah. I so yeah, I, I got nothing. Maybe Motown was really mean about letting the rights go. I don't know. But it, it could be. I, I didn't hear any Stevie Wonder or Marvin Gaye or. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's quite possible, but I'm sure no one's going to talk about it if that was the case. No, that will be buried under reams of red tape and lawyers. Yeah. Damn lawyers. Anyway, I, I just had to get that. Papa was a Rolling Stone. That's a great tune. It wasn't in there. I'm very disappointed. Yeah. Did you enjoy the movie otherwise? Slightly more than the first one, but remember, I didn't really care for the first one. Uh, that's right. I forgot. I, I did enjoy some of the banter regarding Taser Face and. Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't think there was a single shot in there that didn't have some kind of digital effect, and it, it started to get to me after a while. Well, I'm sure the next Star Wars will be an improvement in that regard. Oh, there's plenty of. St- oh, gosh, I've missed Baywatch. How am I living with myself? Oh, no. It's got the rock in you have, it. You have to run out and see it right now. I I guess I do. Oh. It's got the rock. And it's got Hasselhoff and Pamela Anderson, thespian <laughs> talent for the ages. <laughs> oh, Hasselhoff. I'll say that Paul McCartney's cameo is the best part of Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Men Tell No Tales. So is that movie any good? about the same as the rest of the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. I mean, if you kind of like them before, you'll kind of like this one. If everything Johnny does is gold to you, like it is for a certain relative of mine, then you will just be ooing and aahing the whole time. Uh, I wouldn't say everything, but though I do enjoy that particular character. Oh, he's back. Uh, I haven't seen the fourth movie, though, so probably have to watch that one first. Yeah, go for it. Is that one any good? It had moments. I mean, all of them have moments. I think they're all too long. Yeah, the, th- the third one was especially too long. But what are you going to do? Yeah, I, I can't go back and tell them to re-edit it. <laughs> Could try. No, I'd like to. We'll have to get a phantom edit going on these Pirates of the Caribbean movies. There you go. Uh, and yes, I saw, I saw the last Godzilla movie that was made, and I could have watched as a kid, but I didn't. Destroy all monsters. I didn't see it because it doesn't have Godzilla's name in the title. And it's one of the better Godzilla movies, honestly. Which says all that you need to say, except that uh, its vision of the year 1999 was perhaps slightly amiss. We still don't have moon rockets that go there every day. And we don't have all of our giant monsters penned up on a single island so that we can keep an eye on them. I think that's going to come back to haunt us pretty soon. Anyway, that's, that's what I've been up to. Um, and I've been kind of naughty because I've been playing more newer games lately. Just continue on that trend aside from playing Horizon Zero Dawn. The good news is the lately the newer games I've been playing are really just kind of callbacks to older games, such as the before mentioned Fire Emblem Echoes. I'm, uh, I just got to I just started. Well, I finished off so I finished off uh, Fire Emblem Awakening finally. So I went to a trip to California to see my dad. So I had some portable gaming time with that. So I finished off Fire Emblem that first one uh aka dating sim or whatever um it just it just at the it just became kind of by by the numbers as i went uh, further on um in the game um 
So it was kind of neat seeing the little ending where they kind of tell you what kind of goes on with everybody. Not nearly as deep as Dragon Age Origins ending, but okay, cute. Um, and then uh, finished off a Super Mario game while I was at it. Uh, um, and then I got into Fire Fire Emblem Echoes, so I'm on the second chapter. Uh, on the PlayStation, I've been playing Tales of what was it Balsamic Vinegar? What's it called? Starts that sounds about right. Yeah. Balsamic okay. Yay. Vin- Balsamic Vinegar. Yay. Bersheria. Oh, Bulsiarga. Uh, anyways, <laughs> that one. Holy, because I, you know, I'm like, okay, I tried Tales of Symphonia, and I really got stuck on that one. I was like, I was going to do like a Tales of run a while back, and. Um, put like 20 hours or so into Tales of uh, Symphonia or whatever the hell it's called and I couldn't, I got to a place where I had no idea what to do next spent an hour walking around trying to figure out what to do next, went and looked at FAQs couldn't figure out what to do next um, and and I just got frustrated and gave up uh, so that kind of stopped my Tales run, cold in its tracks but Tales of Balsamic Vinegar came out, and I saw that it had some, you know, not only good reviews, but an interesting story twist uh, in the fact that the main character is more evil than anything else. So uh, I went ahead, and it was on sale on Amazon, so I ordered it while I was in California. I was waiting for me when I got here and uh, played it on Sunday night and Monday, and holy cow! Man, I mean, I know the review said, hey, protagonist, dark dark character, not just like one of those Wolverine who acts like he's violent, but really he's a good guy at heart. He just did some bad things in his past. No, no, no. This chick is all out kick-ass. Like, don't get in the way of her revenge. Send, send other people to their deaths. That's just fine. That's, that's that's okay as long as I get my revenge. Who cares? Um and the way that that violence and stuff is portrayed, it, it probably earned itself a close to him rating if it didn't get one. Uh, that was pretty damn funny. Very touching. Very cool so far. Kind of enjoying that whole different take. Because it starts out like your typical, not huge spoilers here, but starts out as your typical JRPG uh, and then takes a huge turn. So, um, yeah, super fun. Yeah. And uh, speaking of Blizzard stuff, Overwatch is on sale. So I finally bought that even though i really tend to hate competitive first person shooters yes but yeah i got friends who are into it and every once in a while they're like why don't you play an overwatch match with us and i always am like i suck so i never bought it so it was on sale for 30 bucks and i'm like okay fine i'll do it i also get free skins for heroes of the storm and tracer so why not so yeah um so i did spend some time with that pretty cool takes forever to get a match going it takes like four minutes sometimes to find a match maybe because i suck so much must be on the bottom of the mmr or something um yeah mr apps since you're so excited we'll have to we'll have to join up sometime maybe you can actually help me win some matches well i play in ps4 so i'm assuming you did not get it on ps4 yes i i am still boycotting the ps4 the uh pc version until there's a mac client until there's a is that a thing I have. Blizzard, I th- Blizzard has released every single one of their previous games on Mac until Overwatch. Huh. It does. It does. It does feel like, uh, in certain ways, it doesn't. It is a little odd. Like the the friends client. Like when you're trying to chat with your friends and stuff, that's kind of weird and different looking. And that's. Um, uh, it's just a little weird. I, I also noticed that when I played the game, the fuse box shorts out. And cuts off the power in my house, and I don't know if the game's just drawing that much power from my graphics card, or it was just a pure coincidence. But I was swearing because I finally would get into a match and be like three minutes in, and the power was shut off to the to the computer room. And I just don't know if that's the power of Overwatch because that doesn't typically happen. 
But yeah, that was really pissing me off because um, I have to reboot everything. Sucks. But anyways, very colorful characters and everything. Definitely kind of cool when I wasn't dying. It's all about Bastion. It's all about yeah. It is actually Bastion's. <laughs> I play the easy characters, and Bastion's one of them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The the ugly looking shooter guy. His like AK forty seven whatever his name is. Um, he's AK forty seven. I forget what his that name is. is. It's like a, a number. A name for a shooter. Yeah, he's just a generic. He's kind of cool. I play Mercy because you just go around pointing people and heal them. I can do that. Um, yeah, at least it's got some easy characters for people for noobs like me. So pretty cool, pretty cool. Um, yeah. Okay, cool. Well, we want. I think that's about it. Uh, we want to thank you all so much for listening. Uh, RPG Backtrack is... Well, hey, wait, we got it all in the end credits now. I don't have to go through it all again. Ha! Ah! Yeah, so, uh, yeah, it's kind of in the end. I don't remember if our email addresses are in there or Twitter handles. I'm at JC Servant. You can hit me up at JC Servant CyberlightComics.com. Mr. Minky. Now is the time when we look back on the wonders of Final Fantasy sequels. Because obviously the 13th game deserved a sequel. And this sequel is everything that it should have been. So... Obviously, there was no need for another sequel, right? Well, maybe that's a tip. Good night.
RPG Backcheck is a production of RP Gamer, your source for RPG news, impressions, reviews, articles, and home to the best gaming community on the net. Write your questions and comments on our boards or email us at jcservant at cyberlightcomics.com and help shape our future shows. Don't forget to follow us on twitter.com forward slash rpgamer and become our biggest fans at facebook.com forward slash rpgamer. As always, listen to our previous podcasts as well as our awesome sister shows, the RPG Cast, the Q&A Quest, and the Active Topical Banter, all at rpgamer.com.